day, good evening, good what have you, everyone. This is 372 pages we'll never get back. Michael J. Nelson here along with Connor Lestoka. Hello, Connor. Hello, Mike. How, how cozy are you feeling? I am curled up in a little ball. The microphone is on the couch with me. I have a <laughs> mug of tea. Is your, you um, have your, your boyfriend is stroking your, your head as you recover from the your, your failed open mic night that you thought was going to be a big success but <laughs> uh, yes that is that as cozy as you I don't know you, you've transformed into uh you know a, a Zoe Deschanel manic, manic pixie dream girl I guess is my in my oh coziness. no it's it's because my waffle recipe failed okay <laughs> that, that's why I'm curled up yeah I'm, I'm cozy though I'm 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 a hooga I'm uh I'm the Finnish hooga Kyle Sir Kalsirikani, Kalsarikani. There's all sorts of of, of hugas levels we're getting into here. What do you t- you have to explain what you're talking about? Well, hugga is Danish coziness. You know, you know that? Oh. that that was big about five years ago. I did not know this. Wow, you call yourself the... a, a Dane. I I mean, look, I know what the uh, apple skivers are. So. <laughs> it's are those H- Swedish? H- no, those are Danish. H-Y-G-G-E. I mean, you might have seen it. it I know. Where would I see it? I don't know. Written somewhere. It was a big, it was like uh, for like a week or two. It was a big deal. And the then, cozy uh, movement swept through? Yeah, the Danish cozy. The Danish cozy. <laughs> for whatever reason, was the big, uh, was the big deal of, of 2017, probably. And then like uh, two years after that, the Finns tried to... Uh, make a go of it and i think i guess obviously their word was too too hard to pronounce so oh so it's uh, were they like uh you know go to hell feng shui and uh, yeah. we've got a new thing kind of i think so i think it was just you know we we cycled through those things and you could buy a uh a got hugga mug from home goods um to drink your tea out of okay well I'm sorry I missed it. All right. I well, will, uh, <laughs> we'll find another culture's uh, coziness for the for the next episode, and hopefully our mysteries will live up to that level. All right. I'm still stuck on the Numa Numa guy, so I have not moved on to any new trend. <laughs> that guy's a, a senator now, place. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is he really? No, I, I, I'm sure he's uh, trying to record the next Numa Numa. I don't think yes. he's, uh, he's probably quite rich, though. Anyway, we are, we're talking coziness because yes. we're reading a cozy mystery. Uh, and it's called The Quilters Push Back, book seven in the uh, Miranda Miranda Hathaway Adventures. Written by? Written by Mary Devlin Lynch and Debbie Devlin Zook with Beth Devlin Kuhn. So, this is a three-woman job. Yes, it's very important to keep that in mind. Three people had their hands in this pot. Uh, I'll just, uh, you know, no, obviously no spoilers. We're going to go through this thing because this is the podcast where we talk about books we're probably not going to like. Uh, I don't know, man. I might be liking this yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> this, this one is quite enjoyable, quite charming. It, it <laughs> redeems everything about the the uh, 368 page slog that was Ernest Klein's latest. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it. it Write what you know, I guess, is what they what they usually say, and and, and these three um, women certainly did. <laughs> and I will say we're we're not going to slack off. We're not going to go light on them. There are mistakes in the book, but it only pointed out to me because some of them are similar to Kleinian mistakes, and you'll see when they come up. Mm-hmm. But uh, it made me more enraged at Ernest Klein and his editor <laughs> rather than these ladies. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll point those out when they come. But uh, 
Yeah, they they were doing all the editing themselves, so there's bound to be a few errors. Yes, but, uh, definitely, most definitely. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, before we get into it, though, we have neglected to do this for a while, and mm-hmm. that is to sort of shower. I have I haven't neglected. That's part of the cozy verse. <laughs> okay, great. Yes, is to use those big loofahs in there and just like more suds than any human <laughs> could ever have. I assume. Sure. I assume that's the huga. That's part of huga. I think so. That's very much huga. It is in a sauna, of course, though. Sauna, please. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they pronounce it. Um, all right. So we haven't done a an Amazon sort of no. uh, cal- calibrate with the you know with a reviewer. Okay. Um, so, uh, well, this is a, a reader of the book reviewer. Oh, okay. Of this particular book. Of this particular book. Right. And what else so, they Eight stars must be. I mean, there's no, which is a bad review for a cozy mystery. No, this, you know, this, uh, this, uh, is reviewed as four stars. Oh man. Wow. So that's one of the reasons we picked it because, you know, that supposedly is garbage yeah, in the, in the cozy verse. Taking it out to the field, like the office space printer and just like. Heel yes. kicking it, yeah. <laughs> Bats to the yes, oh. but uh, but no. This this gentleman, there's a gentleman. I'm not going to say his name as a reviewer on Amazon, only because he has a sort of a distinctive name, and I, it seems like a nice gentleman. The Numa Numa guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him to get an email like, "Hey, sure. some <laughs> jackass is on." <laughs> you know, it would just be weird. Got it. That's not that's not the point. Anyway, this uh, gentleman gives it five stars. And uh, he loved it. Okay, well, good. Didn't, didn't, didn't have much to, to say about okay. it. Okay. So let's dig into some of the other things that he's reviewed mm-hmm. and uh, and see what he has to say about that. And you can guess how many stars he gives it. Okay, all right. Okay. The Oysterville Sewing Circle, oh a novel. Oh, God. Uh, five stars. Five stars. Yes. Really great read. Hated when it was finished. <laughs> Well, there's probably 18 more in the series that came out last month alone. So, and this is you can see why I don't want to, you know, poke fun at this gentleman. Donated it to the library so others could enjoy. Wow! All right, he might actually be a character in this book. <laughs> could be. <laughs> um, not on her life. K N O T. A quilting mystery. Oh my god! Not a furry mystery. Nodding is a thing with furries. <laughs> no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay, no. Uh, five stars. Five stars. Okay. Enjoy her books. Can't write them fast enough. Pass them on to the library when I'm finished. <laughs> and the library passes them on to the uh, to the recycling bin out back immediately. <laughs> Sir, we have Tolstoy books that people need to be checking out. Yes, it's like the uh, the bookshelf that's in my the building that I live. The free book, <laughs> yes. leave a book, take a book. Yeah, yeah. That, that tends to go to a place that uh, <laughs> nobody's taking any of these books. <laughs> DOS 3.1 for dummies. Like Yes. Uh, okay, a Lodge Cast Iron Mini Cake Pan Pre-Seasoned. Uh, this has got to be one of those things you only review if it disappointed you. Two stars. Five stars. Gah! Heat Distribution. Looking for more recipes using this product. Wait, heat distribution is a se- is a sentence. That's his uh, summation. Okay. <laughs> Not like an exclamation mark even. Heat distribution. Uh, no, I don't don't really know what he was uh, what he was saying by that. He probably got distracted by the next uh, book in the Oysterville series. <laughs> that could that could be. All right, uh, next one here. Uh, let me see. Uh, quilts and quotes. <laughs> First of all, lazy name title, but as a cozy mystery, 
I've got to assume five stars. Five stars. Great okay. book. Love the whole concept. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a conceptual one. So do you think it's like House of Leaves where there's like, you know, missing pages and like, uh, you know, text goes the wrong way on the page? I don't know. That's all, I don't, I've never read that. that. That's what my assumption is how that book works. Uh, all right. Just a couple more then. We'll you'll get the idea here about this, this gentleman okay. who shall remain nameless. Meet me at the Cupcake Cafe, <laughs> a novel in recipes. <laughs> I I I would be hard pressed to imagine he keeps reading these if he doesn't like them. Five stars. Five stars. Five Love stars. Jenny Colgan books. This is in my winter reading stack. <laughs> that means okay. he's rereading it next weekend, next winter. I don't know. I guess when, yeah, when winter rolls around, there's the stack and, and you pulls it feel out. Cozy, yeah. The loveliest chocolate shop in Paris. Wow. Uh, five stars. Five stars. <laughs> Saving this for when I get snowed in this winter. Well, have you read so, it, sir? So that he's cheating us. Yeah. He's just building a stack. Uh, hmm. That he's five stars, hmm. and then what if winter rolls around and things aren't as hooka as he thought it was? <laughs> and he starts writing bitter dias- diatribes against the people. Uh, these will books. do that sometimes, you know. Edit this failed after a month, or you know, edit they reached out and sent me a new one. So. Um. Maybe we maybe we'll have to check back uh, after next winter to see if he's uh, re reevaluated. Well, let me just give you one more then to that. I think there's even more subterfuge going on with this guy. Do not trust him. Uh, a child's garden of verses. Oh, okay. Uh, three stars. Five stars. God will be a great read when next we see the great grandkids. <laughs> Oh, well, Whoa. that sets expectations. This guy's in his 90s? I don't wow. know. Wow. All right. Well, okay. So I hope you, you make it to next winter, sir. That's. Uh... I hope you and your stack have a lovely winter. You liar! <laughs> That's incredible. All right. Okay. Yeah. So I hope he uh, bounces them on his knee and doesn't actually accidentally read him uh, the passage from Quilter's Pushback where they... Uh, where the pizza comes. That's that's what my hope is for the grand, great-grandchildren. Well, I, I, I wish I were a part of his family because buying gifts for that guy would not be difficult. I think yeah, no have kidding. no problem. Yeah, and, but you, you know, he's, he's an expert at faking that he likes them, though, so you'd never know whether he was actually delighted at the... Oh, yeah, um, now, now we've put a wedge of doubt into the whole family's mind. <laughs> he opens up uh, tiramisu and murder, and uh, he's uh, acting like it's the greatest thing in his world, and you Ooh. see it at the bottom of his stack next winter. Yes. Five stars. I'm sure I will like it. <laughs> I trust you, old man. All right. All right. Well, it's always good to calibrate our tastes, and it's good to know that there are, you know, men out here who enjoy these. I think there was some uh, some concern as we were reading this that we were just going to be two uh, bros coming here and trashing these three ladies. But uh, I think I'm I'm in line with his tastes more That's than right. uh, the, my the, what I thought initially. This will be on my spring reading list. Five stars. <laughs> All right, let's dig in. Yeah, which is very exciting. We read the first 10 chapters of The Quilter's Pushback, which is, as we said, book seven. Um, and there was some concern, I think, that we were going to be sort of dropped into this world, uh, not really knowing what was going on. I think that did and did not bear out. I think we... I, I, I think <laughs> it's hard to tell. Right. Uh, we'll 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 try to make that clear as it goes along. That's what I wondered. I think that this is just 
we're dropped into a writing style that makes you think you should have been reading <laughs> yes <laughs> a it bunch is. of other stuff it is sort of like that old extra the college essay of you know write page 137 of your autobiography and just like here's they're assuming you'd know what comes before it and after it but uh i think that we we might just be uh, meeting some of these characters for the first time or they could have been the centerpieces of the first six books we'll never know well, we, we will. We'll probably read another from this series. Sure. So. <laughs> well, I think it starts with a, uh, a Hall of Fame book opening. I just want to read the first, uh, first two sentences. Yep. I do love weddings, and it's a good thing because these next few months are going to be all about dresses and flowers and vows, including my own. But first things first, <laughs> which, uh, you know, joins the illustrious pantheon of, I think, uh, lines that would be make anything better attached to them. Uh, as Gregor Samsa awoke one morning from uneasy yeah. dreams, he found himself transformed in his bed into a gigantic insect. But first things first. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. But first things first. Uh... <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. But first things first. It is the first thing. You're making the choice. <laughs> yes. But that sort of like paves the way for uh, a, a book that is very much sort of written in in like Christopher Nolan time. You know? Oh my gosh! Yeah, there is an Inception right away. <laughs> it's uh, it, it it does not really pick. It does not commit to a tense, and you sometimes find yourself uh, you know, in a flashback within a flashback, or transitioning from uh, one scene like jumping ahead months in the future without it, uh, informing you you've done that. So you're, you're sort of looking back and forth to see what you missed. And I wondered whether that was a deliberate choice in the sense that have you ever sat next to a, um, a kindly, uh, elderly woman on a plane or something, and you just don't have the heart to not speak to this person. Uh-huh. And so you get a little bit of that, um, you know, oh, you, are you, is this your destination? Or are you like, are you, are you ending up in Denver? Like, <laughs> well, no, Tom and Diane, they live in Denver, but uh, usually it's Jerry who comes with me. But Jerry was, had a knee injury, so he wasn't able to do it. So that's part of it. But then, so I'm going, but, and, you know, so you're trying to keep track of future, past, yes. who's who. Right. So I wonder if that was just a sort of deliberate. Who died in the Great War that she's, you know. <laughs> Right. Still uh, talking about. Yeah, that's uh, who knows. That could be uh, if we find out this was actually written by that guy reviewing all the books and these were his pen names. That could be a very clever touch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Here, here's an example of it, though. So it's it starts traditionally, um, you know, with the the narrator is obviously the person we're going to get to know. It's, the, it's a, a person mm -hmm. and is narrating in the past. Correct. Yes. At Christmas, my fiancé Gabe's son, Kevin, I was lost already, yes. announced that he and his girlfriend, Terry, okay, so that's Kevin's fiancé, yes. Terry, also told us the reason for the quick wedding was because they are expecting a child, full stop, double whammy. Um, and so, okay, so then here it gets to the wedding, and here's where the incep first inception And happens. the wedding is taking place on New Year's Day. Yes. They, but they got told on Christmas, so it's... Since the wedding date was January 1st, weather was our biggest concern, but Mother Na Nature cooperated beautifully. Oh, mm -hmm. great. So the wedding went off well. 
even though there's a sparkling white blanket of snow on the ground, what does that have to do? That's now, right? That's, right, yes. The sidewalks are clear and dry. The sun is shining and the sky is blue. So now we're at the wedding. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's happening. Yeah. We just got... The book has been coming from the wedding effect? all along. Yes. Yeah. Stunning. It happens a lot. And it's... Uh, as we get to, uh, you know, some stuff that actually could potentially, if you squint at it, qualify as action, it gets even more confusing. <laughs> but we have mostly... The first chapter is just dealing with uh, Gabe's son's Kevin's marriage to Terry. And if you <laughs> thought that was confusing, you've not... You've, Put the book down now because the characters are going to come fast and furious. <laughs> uh, the first, so we, we meet, um, she has another daughter, I think uh, Zoe, who also has a boyfriend. Uh, she's, Zoe's also getting married. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Miranda is getting married to Gabe as well. So everyone in her family is getting married in the next few months, uh, which is great. You got to be happy for them. Did you the physicality of the wedding baffled me though? Yes, it was very confusing because they're in some sort of preparation chamber, maybe in their hotel, but then they're watching the man walk to the wedding. Like yeah, out they're the window. watching from a bedroom window mm-hmm. as Kevin, Gabe, and Michael, who is my daughter Zoe's fiance, walk <laughs> down to the corner. A frantic search of each of their closets had produced navy blue suits. Flashback. Yep. What? They're also who? in Boston, where I don't believe uh, the, our hero does not live. I'm not sure who else is from Boston. It's also very unclear that they're in Boston till right now. How? Who? You search your closet and you produce a navy blue suit? <laughs> yeah, there's like a, uh, you, you just do that thing where you reach even further back, like in a beer commercial or something, and you find uh, the navy blue suit that's always been in there. You pull it out wow. of Narnia. Yeah. So, all right. So Here, we're... yeah. <laughs> There's a handful of characters, and I'm I'm lost already. But but anyway, so well, this will this will help you. This will help you get a good mental image. Okay, because uh, you're you're concerned about Terry, who's getting married, and Zoe, who's about to get married. Yes. And she says, in a female mutt and Jeff contrast to our petite Terry, my Zoe is tall and slender. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the you know the 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 the. The bride, she says she looks like a princess, this beautiful woman. She's, I don't think she's beginning to show, but you know, the, the glow of an expectant mother. Hey, Mutton Jeff! <laughs> <laughs> the, of course, uh, the cartoon from, I believe, started in the, the 1900s, like the first decade. So yes. this, is, this, is, this is revolutionary stuff. I thought if there was, uh, if, if gender swapped Mutton Jeff had existed back in the, in the 1910s, it would have been just... You know, half the internet back then. If that was if that was the case, it is as out of time as uh, in Avatar. The guy saying, you know, which is like twenty four thirty two thirty, saying, uh, "We're not in Kansas anymore." <laughs> That's right. What? What? What do you refer? Oh, that movie. <laughs> yeah, Mutt and Jeff. Wow. How that did is... How did it go over on uh, on your wedding day when you when you when you told Bridget she looked. Um, as radiant as 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 mutt because i mean you know it lauren sort of just a single tear and you know a, a whispered i love this man type of thing i thought you were going to say gasoline alley but you chose the perfect thing <laughs> throws the bouquet down I, 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 you know i love the yellow kid <laughs> and the cats and jammers are walking down the aisle now and scattering petals well this is important this is going to uh 
you know, I, I think you know what I'm talking about. But the uh, the wedding, um, not a big affair. This no, is uh, that is made clear many times. <laughs> she says weddings can be big or small, but the most important word here was intimate, and we she is not exaggerating here. That's a very important uh, thing to them that that that, that weddings are intimate. Um, my wedding, I think, had 110 people there. She would have spat in my face um, if she had <laughs> if she had learned that was the plan. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we get to this is the first like head shaking moment to me where I'm I'm lost already mm-hmm. who these characters are, and then we get this as a stunner of a paragraph. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. When the pastor walked to the altar, everyone was in place. Everyone being. Kevin's mother, Susan, and her new friend, Richard, Terry and Zoe's thesis advisor, Barbara Franklin, and her husband, James, the manager of the hotel where Kevin works, Edgar Pendleton, and his wife, Rita, and Terry's college roommate, Jill, and her boyfriend, Alex. (laughs) What What is it? We've been informed that they know and loved every single person in this small place. So they, they're deeply, they just deep love and affection for Kevin, uh, Kevin's hotel manager's Edgar's wife, Rita. They just, they, they just, you know, uh, just such a, a, a love that touches their soul for Rita, <laughs> for, for the, uh, husband of their, th- of Zoe's thesis advisor. Uh, look, this is not going to spoil anything, but this was the thing I, I was telling Connor before this program that I read this list of characters I started keeping track of it I am told reliably that I might be missing one mm-hmm. but I think now is the time to read it it won't spoil anything <laughs> but these are the first 10 chapters these are the characters wow. are you ready yeah we have Miranda slash Mandy as our narrator Gabe her fiance Kevin Gabe's son Terry Kevin's fiance Zoe narrator's daughter Barbara Franklin, Zoe's thesis advisor, James Franklin, Barbara's husband, Michael, Zoe's fiance, Edgar Pendleton, hotel manager, Kevin's boss, Rita Pendleton, Kevin's boss, wife, Jill, Terry's college roommate, Susan, Kevin's mother, Gabe's ex-wife, Richard, Susan's new husband, Diane, Mandy's best friend, Harry, her cat, Sylvia, a diner owner, Elia, um, Ellie, an employee, Charlie, Sylvia's husband, Devin, Lindsay, Ethan, and Gwen, unknown, Mark, <laughs> David's husband, possibly... Christopher Abbott, he's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Lucy, Adam, Jeff, William, Janie, unknown. Trixie Belden, an author of mysteries. Martin, a drug dealer. Jenny, his girlfriend. Tom Gibbons, Gabe's FBI friend. The McMillan family, Peter, Irene, and Macy oh, McMillan. Yeah. James, print shop worker. Queenie, quilting leader. Brittany, quilting group person. Daniel, <laughs> Queenie's husband, possibly. Emily, Queenie's daughter, possibly. Jack, Queenie's son, possibly. Harriet in the quilting group. Sarah, Harriet's twin sister. Shelby, a donut shop employee the twins take care of. Judy Smythen, quilting group person. Tommy, Judy's son, maybe. Jesse, Judy's daughter, maybe. Julie Sorensen, Tommy Smithen's girlfriend. Taylor, goes with Noel below. Noel, unknown. Max Ryan Sr., unknown. Lizzie, an employee at the tavern. Smith, the drug dealer, maybe. Carmen (laughs) Rossell, Rival drug dealer, Betty Hedell, hospital worker, Gloria, ER worker, Sammy, hospital worker, Archie, Jenny's dad, possibly Janet, Jenny's mom, Dr. Walker. <laughs> My God. And apparently I've missed one. Someone else wrote in and said 62. So I, I whoever got snubbed, I, I don't know how we'll possibly uh, keep track, but 
So that's 61 characters in 12,639 words, 207 <laughs> words per character in theory. Um, but some of those obviously are just what you said is, is their introduction. You know, the Carmine Rossi or whatever, the drug dealer. One mention, yeah. move on type of thing. Yes. Queenie's son who's home from college, like one word and move on. <laughs> but it needs it, like if you've ever cracked a, you know, a, a fantasy novel like Game of Thrones, it would just, you'd open it up and it'd be eight pages of, you know, House Targaryen and it would list people in sort of one sentence. Like it would it'd have that sort of uh, dramatis personae. Yeah, yeah. I, I It's like I looked up War and Peace. I was hoping against hope that the first 10 chapters of this had as many characters as War and Peace. <laughs> it did come up short, but only by about half. Wow. All right. So. But yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, they, they, it does not skimp on any of that. And we're, it's, what, but then it's a mystery. So you're sort of left thinking like, who's it going to be? Like, who's going to have done it? You have a real rogues gallery. I think it's going to be Devin or Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I was going to say, we should we should have our leaderboard of who our suspect is um, throughout this whole thing. I think uh, uh, James Franklin, husband of Terry and Zoe's thesis advisor, Barbara, is at the top of my list at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, again, so, you know, are, do any of these people come up in books one through six? We're, possibly. We don't know. Listeners, yeah. please read books one through six exactly. and let us know. Um. So, uh, yeah, that's it's just a lot of people to keep track of, and we're probably not going to succeed, but it, it, it does strike me as delightful just to have this uh, this book of anything be the one that has, um, yeah, the, the level of uh, Brothers Karamazov uh, characters. And do you, but I felt an obligation to track them at first, and then I was like, well... Well, yeah, because they're should... all in the same sentence, so you don't even know who the who the verbs are applying to. Right. <laughs> well, that's what makes me say, do, do I need to care, or is this the lady on the plane saying you know tom and, and judy usually shovel her walk but she wasn't available because <laughs> he hurt his knee and you go like okay this, this is not part of the story i don't <laughs> <Yes>. think <laughs> uh, um but you know it's it does have cont- contain that sort of nugget of truth of like you know at even at your own wedding it's like this is uh you know your your parents former neighbors who you know moved when you were four but they're coming here for some reason and you're like i just you know i, I haven't seen my friends in a while i I've, i'm not going to give you as much attention to be honest mr and mrs yes. uh johansson <laughs> yes um uh but yeah so some of the characters that are are very intriguing are are gabe's ex-wife susan who is there uh with her husband there's a bit of shade um, throne. Uh, she she looks at uh, Miranda's uh, engagement ring and says, "Not bad, much bigger than mine was." I guess I should have waited to be wife number two. Um, so we've got some some a, a rivalry happening here, but, uh, but it does dissipate though, right? She's like, "I'm kidding." Yeah, of, she. You know, like, yeah, but then uh, but then she there. It is New Year's Eve, and by the time they leave, uh, Susan was wearing a jaunty pink hat that said, "Kiss me at midnight." You better believe we left well before then. So I think she's sort of casting aspersions upon Susan, even though her husband. Uh, so Miranda's husband is Gabe, an ex-FBI agent who will learn has been involved in some crazy stuff. Uh, but 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 uh, Susan's new friend, I think they said in that sort of, um, you know, uh, elderly woman way is a retired four star army general. He's traveled the world and plans to show Susan some of the places he'd been stationed on yes. an extended trip abroad in the spring. So, you know, the traditional honeymoons, uh, you know, uh, island in Greece or uh, 
uh, you know, uh, Tulum in Mexico or something. He's taking her to Fallujah, Kabul, <laughs> <laughs> like Somalia. Like, ah, yes, this is where uh, this is where I lost a bunch of men, Susan. This is uh, really hard for me. I don't know why we came here. And following swiftly on that uh, sort of shocking revelation, we get uh, uh, we are now seated in a small church waiting for the bride. <laughs> Gabe was walking Terry down the aisle. We were surprised that she had no one on her side of the family, but then Kevin had confided to us that her parents were killed on a ski trip to Europe. Kevin found the news article that said six people were killed when a huge avalanche swept down the hill in Zermatt, Switzerland. And so you read this, it was considered a freak accident, and no further information was provided. So this must be a part of the central mystery. Our our killer is also causing. Right. Avalanches in Zermatt, Switzerland or something. So you don't really know whether you should pay attention to this or whether it's just a detail. Well, you should not pay attention to it because Kevin has asked that we respect Terry's privacy and not talk about it unless she brought it up. We never would, of course. We've all suffered our losses. <laughs> so, so you t- you come in and you tell me that your uh, your your parents were killed in a freak accident in uh, Zermatt, Switzerland, in an avalanche, and I say, oh well, I you know my dad stubbed his toe yesterday. We've all suffered our losses. I, <laughs> unless you have lost someone in a in the most insane thing you've ever heard about, you should maybe back down on the we've all suffered our losses talk. Right, but it, yeah, it's tossed off the most interesting thing in the book. Right. It, I Amazing. Think, I think. Uh, I think in James and the Giant Peach, his uh, he has to live with his 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 mean old aunts because his parents were killed by a uh, I think a rhinoceros escaped from the zoo and trampled them or something. It's like wow. that detail, but meant to be taken as a as a sincere tragedy. Well, I, I just I flash back to it when uh, in an upcoming chapter she describes some pretty mundane stuff and then says. The year was off to a heck of a start or something like that. It's like, not for those six people killed in the freak accident in Zermatt, Switzerland. Yeah, and and it's such a, you know, a place that I've never heard of. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not up on Switzerland's version of Huga or anything, but uh, it's just the detail that makes it stand out that much more. Amazing. Um, and th- so now, now they're back in the wedding in real time. And as we stood and turned, I met Susan's eyes. They were filling with tears. And I know in my heart, not all the tears were because her only child was getting married. Some of those tears were for the love of life that she lost. She knew it, and I knew it. I quickly looked away, and I just and mentally added it. That's right, you cow! I won. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be watching Jeopardy later with this man. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, it was good to hear that we got some um, we got some blushing in here because that's oh, a, nice. A, yeah, everyone turned immediately to look at the young man who promptly turned beet red, causing a chorus of laughter. <laughs> I mean, not a very big chorus, remember. We just have the hotel manager. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> the thesis advisor is probably a pretty buttoned-up person, too. So Yeah, that's true, that's true. But that was uh, the, the group's even smaller, because that was during the uh, Gabe's wedding toast to his son, Kevin, which was, you know, it was a decent toast. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just mock everything in here. It was came from the heart, it seemed. Um, yes, that's, yeah, he said as much, yes. But <laughs> Kevin's mother, Susan, opted not to come to the reception. I have to admit, I was relieved when Susan and Richard decided not to come back to the house. Terry said that they told her they had another engagement. So it's it's 
not only New Year's Day, <laughs> it's also the day of their son's wedding. Somehow they have other plans. This is a uh, a theme in this book is is people doing things on holidays. Yes, right. <laughs> Which will come up later. Uh, but the chapter end is a uh, is a gag because it's mentioned earlier. Uh, Chekhov's uh, wedding song, I mm-hmm. guess, mentioned earlier that she didn't recognize it, and I felt it was done sort of clumsily and curiously, mm-hmm. like it's somewhat familiar, but I don't know what it is. And then uh, here's the the payoff a couple pages later. Finally, Kevin grinned at at Terry as she placed her hand over her tummy. A wave of mischief washed over his face. (laughs) Um, It was You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC, Miranda. (laughs) I blinked, then gasped. Gabe tried to cover his smile but burst out laughing. (laughs) That's how you end a chapter. (laughs) Yes. But it's also a a sign that... uh... You know, this book doesn't doesn't necessarily hold back on the uh, on the on the horniness. Oh, it's heavens no! There's surprised they weren't uh, you know acoustic uh, cello version of Cardi B and Megan The Stallion or something. (laughs) (laughs) I I was uh, I was surprised by that. I did not think that was part of the cozy verse. Oh yeah, we we heard that it all happened off camera, but I mean, I guess it technically does, but it's severely alluded to. Coming up though, there's yeah. I mean, it's about as woof. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's uh, that's the next chapter. Why don't we move right on to it? Okay, yes, get, uh, but get your fainting couch ready, everyone. <laughs> um, so this is a uh, Gabe and I. I spent the night at Zoe and Michael's condo to give our newlyweds the privacy. I admit I was tired, but Zoe wasn't, and we stayed up past my normal bedtime chatting about the wedding and plans for her wedding. I didn't bring up the subject of my own wedding, but it was on my mind as well. So it's rapidly approaching, like, you know, not an exaggeration that it's going to be four weddings and a funeral. Right. It just takes one more, um, and we're at that level. Uh, I like how she describes her daughter, though. Knowing my daughter as I do, I nodded and smiled as she rambled on about Terry's wedding and her own plans. <laughs> Please, that was six hours ago. Are we still talking about that? <laughs> my- She's just eye-rolling her way through this nightmare. <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, now we got yours. Oh, it's probably going to want to have it happen on the 4th of July, aren't we? <laughs> Snagging up all the best holidays. <sighs> but speaking of holidays... Uh, they are uh, driving back home uh, to, you know, I think um, suburban or rural Pennsylvania, and uh, her and Gabe start discussing. We were barely on the highway home the next morning when I brought it up. If we're going to get married on Valentine's Day, we need to make a plan. So that's, <laughs> that's uh, you know, a month and a half. Mm-hmm. They're that's flying the by the seat of their pants here in yep. the, uh, in the yep. Quilters Guild. But like it's insane. I have a I have a uh, uh, save the date on our fridge that is for April twenty twenty two, and that's one that was already rescheduled because it was supposed to be last summer. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what, what's the you know this is Cutler, right? Is it Cutler, Pennsylvania? Did Cutler, you say? Pennsylvania Quilters Guild? I think is the name of the whole thing. So okay, yeah. I, I assume it's a real place. I assume that's where these people are from. But still, like uh, you know, it's a it's a big industry. You don't uh, you don't. You just make these plans by the seat of your pants. But anyway, I, I, I wanted to verify that I'm not just being, you know, uh, a wedding scrooge about this whole thing. Um, sure. Even though all my life experience, like we, we when we got married, it was uh, December 24th as we got engaged. We got married Labor Day weekend. 
people were sort of thought that was an accelerated timeline because it was eight months or nine months or whatever. Anyway, went to the dark web. Oh, good. The cozy corner of the dark web. Sure. I'm it's sure big. there's a, a, an area roped off. It is. Yeah, it is huge. You must, you must uh, be this high, uh, tall to get in. So uh, Jeff can't get in, but Mutt can or vice versa. Right. Um, uh, and they, are, they, they, they dissect cozy mysteries uh, even more so than Amazon. They're, they're even more popular on the dark web because, um, you know, the drug use and murder and stuff doesn't have to take place off camera because it is the dark web. Oh, but they're still considered cozy. Very cozy, yes. It's. Okay. <laughs> I don't question their means. I don't want to get doxxed or swatted or anything, and that's another sure. part of this. Um, sure. Uh, so they leaned into this pretty hard. Um, turns out I, I am correct in that uh, it is an uh, inappropriate amount of time to plan a wedding to just based on this reenactment I discovered. Oh, okay. So you're saying that this will prove that six weeks is not enough to plan yes. a wedding day on Valentine's Day. Yeah, 100%. It is too much. It is, it is too little time, uh, too big of an ask. Okay. Let's uh, give it a listen. Sounds good. Hello. This is the Kelly Room, perfect place to host your special event. This is Brad speaking. How may I help you today? Hi, Brad. I'm Gabe, former FBI agent. I was calling to see about booking your venue for our wedding reception. Oh, well, first of all, let me say congratulations on behalf of us all. We'll be happy to host you. Let me just start a new reservation here. Uh, name was Gabe, you said? That's right, yes. And my fiance is Miranda. Gabe and Miranda. I love it. And what day are we looking at for the wedding? Well, we've decided we're going to get married on Valentine's Day. Always a romantic choice, so let me just fill that out. February 14th, 2022. Now, what kind of catering options are we thinking? We have contracts with a, a couple well, different... Well, sorry, no, just one, one, let's go back a bit. I'm eager to hear about those options, but we're actually getting married this Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you. I needed a laugh today. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. I'll put no, the catering list. Up. No, no, I'm I'm serious. We're getting married in five five weeks. <laughs> five weeks. popular days for weddings on the entire calendar. <laughs> we, we book up uh, 10 months in advance at minimum. <laughs> There's not a venue in the state that would host a wedding in five weeks. <laughs> five weeks. <laughs> You couldn't even you couldn't even get your linen rental contract turned around in five weeks for a wedding. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Well, if you're done, we can move on to. Uh, uh, I've never uh, I've never heard of anything so funny. Hang on, hang on, just hang on. Line. Don't go away. Hey, Dad. Dad, this guy wants to have his wedding here in five weeks. 
anybody could just book it. Like he's reserving a, I don't know, like an airport shuttle or something. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Oh, are you are you okay there? Huh? Oh! <coughs> Hello? Oh, what's going on? Huh? Brad? <laughs> oh. oh! Oh! Thanks for the Heimlich, Dan. I'm <laughs> Second. Oh, now, who could that be? Okay. Oh, you know what? You know what? I guess I'm just an idiot. You know? Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're an actual human being. Wait. Wait. Oh. Oh. Hey, hey. Wait. Hold on. Oh. Text from Dan. That's on a Wednesday. Oh. Well, you know what? Wednesdays are slow for us, so we can fit you right in. Oh, that's great news. Miranda will be so happy. So what were you thinking in terms of size? Let me guess. Large with lots of distant acquaintances. Get the f*** off my property. So yeah, there we have it. It's, uh, th- that guy seemed to think it was rather an absurd request. I'm just picking up on some subtleties in his performance there. I. It sounds like that could have been real it probably didn't even need to be reenacted sure yeah if there is a, it's a this, transcript yeah yeah if that's a real venue in um in, in cutler so it, it could have been yeah. there they're taping someone um without their knowledge i don't think that's a mutual consent state so right okay in terms of taping you know what i mean like you know california you have to tell someone if you're recording the uh um right. their conversation and everywhere you have to tell someone if you're a cop, right? <laughs> yes, that's the, you know just the it's the biggest flaw in our justice system. They really right. should have thought about that. <laughs> uh, back into uh, chapter two, I was puzzled by this. It took a couple chapters to figure it out, but I'm I'm still in chapter two. She says, in addition to the baby quilt we're making together, I'm crocheting a soft yellow baby blanket for our grandchild. You can never have too many baby blankets. <laughs> I might have to go to the dark web and see if that's true. That's true, yeah. <laughs> There's probably some universe where you can have <laughs> And you can't go wrong with yellow or green. Also a debatable statement. Mm-hmm. But the, the we, we're making. Yeah. It, it was just came out of nowhere. And it's like, well, you know, chapters later, we'll, we learn who that is. But it, that's that's, you know. I guess I I didn't read the first six books. It's not <laughs> right. Well, in the in the beginning, they talk about the quilt that they made for uh, Terry and Kevin's wedding, 
And I think that she she said that uh, she had done one part of it and and Gabe had done the other part. Oh, so it is just Gabe and she who are making too many baby blankets? I mean, you can never have too many baby (laughs) blankets. Sure, yes, yeah. Um, So, yeah, maybe Gabe's color is is green and hers is yellow. But, yeah, he's uh, we have an email to the effect later. But uh, Gabe is not only a... uh, uh, ex FBI agent who's like busted up like international sex trafficking rings. He also loves quilting. <laughs> I, I will also point out that uh, I'm sure you made the association. Gabe was a, a bad guy in the 1940s Superman series. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Batman. Sorry, we did both. So. Uh, and we we made much sport of it and, and riff tracks. It just cracked us up. Then, well, like, they get they've... get Gabe on the horn. We need the best. There is the <laughs> yeah. best. Yeah, at the very beginning, the villain is calling him up, and he's just like, he asks for Gabe, and then he doesn't show up for probably like three hours of Batman. And then like towards the very end, they're just on the on the dock or something, and there's a nondescript 40s guy in a boxy suit and a fedora, and it's like, hey, Gabe, help me move that box. And it was just a, it, we hadn't watched them all ahead of time, but it was a one of the biggest payoffs in, uh, in, yes. in comedy history. <laughs> well, it turns out Gabe is a good name for a, a tough guy who gets things done. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so they're, as they discuss their wedding, they, they have this request. It says, how many people? That will determine how large a venue we'll need. I'd like to have a small wedding. Maybe not as small as Kevin and Terry's, but fairly intimate. How about you? So Kevin and Terry's was, I think, quite intimate. It's sort of like the uh, you go to a movie theater and, and get like, you know, all the popcorns are gigantic, but it's like small, medium, and large. So you've got fairly intimate, intimate, quite intimate. Um, when you're determining your wedding in this world. Yeah, there are a lot of talk about wedding intimacy and other people are interested in what level of wedding intimacy (laughs) did you have coming up. So this is a major concern of the cozy verse. Yes. It'll be fun to track that. Right. Uh, Do you think people are are living, laughing, and loving a lot in the cozy verse? There hasn't been any mention of it and I'm concerned they may not be doing either of those three things as much as... Do you be. think that the Eat, Pray, Love group, do, do they have regular brawls out in the street? Yeah, I mean, they've sort of been supplanted. Like, imagine if you walked into an Airbnb and there was a cursive uh, laser-cut wood of uh, Eat, Pray, Love. You'd just be, huh. You'd lose your shit. <laughs> yeah, right. You'd, t- you'd tear down the uh, other laser-cut thing that says the name of the city you're in and break it over yes. your knee. <laughs> right. Um, well, they, she does say, this is going to take some thought. At least we have time. Uh, and I don't think that was meant as a joke or ironically. So maybe in this world, it is just uh, six weeks is ample time to plan a small, intimate wedding. Uh, yes. In the look, this is her world. She made it up. You're you're imposing your rules. I on guess her so. World. I guess so. I, I'm I'm I am not the cosmos. I should I should relent. Go feed your cat. Put on <laughs> Jeopardy. Uh, order a pizza and just. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> well, let's get well, right to it yeah this is this chapter just ends with uh it starts super cozy there mm-hmm. truly is cat feeding yep diane her best bff had been cat sitting their cat i forget his name harry maybe harry yes uh but yeah then then the gabe sort of gives diane the cold shoulder she says like uh how was the wedding and he's like i gotta go take care of something. And then he comes back in and she's like, she's, she certainly is a handful, right? It's like, she, she did you a favor, man. Like, I don't know. What, so right. Maybe there's some history there or something. Oh, I can't wait for the tension between Gabe and BFF. <laughs> but then he says, why don't I order a pizza? We can change and eat, then watch Je- the Jeopardy we recorded from last night. But then, uh, she, he, she takes him up on it. He 
Gabe came into the bedroom a few minutes later as I was changing. I'd pulled my comfy clothes out of the closet when he came up behind me and wrapped his arms around me. Now this is a nice way to take my mind off food. I turned in his arms. What part of me standing here in my underwear is nice? I know I'm not as slender as I once was. I blame it on middle-aged spread, parentheses. A common ailment over 50 and beyond my control. <laughs> Which sounds to me like something that's pointedly put in for like, you know, a husband to stu- stu- stumble across, you know? Yeah, that struck me as Kleinian. Like, yes. uh, it's, a, it's a common term. We know what it is, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, we all have it, so shut up. Right, yes. Um, but... Uh, doesn't need even need to uh, to expand upon that because Gabe is not deterred. The, the doorbell rings. I'll go get that. Or do you want to? He smiled and wiggled his eyebrows. So they're invoking the classic cliche of the pizza guy. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But that's only only for a briefly did I think well the cozy cozy verse is much different than yeah. I thought. Well, you know, three authors that might be a, could be a recurring theme if that's. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it it go it it's uh, false start. They uh, they get the pizza, but then she says uh, he says, "How do you feel about warmed up pizza?" My heart melted. Go get it and hurry back. We'll eat it after. <laughs> After Jeopardy, he managed with a straight face. I looked at him, laughed, and climbed into bed. He raced to the front of the house. Yeah. Bonka checka wow. Yeah. So, page 12. I, I am, I'm going out on a limb. I think it's a record for our books for uh, getting some sweet action in. I don't think the mister got busy this quickly. <laughs> oh, no. That was... <laughs> <laughs> that had a lot of setup, yeah. So this is like, yeah, this is like a, uh, a, a 16 seed winning in a, the NCAA basketball tournament. I would never in a million years have predicted this book would have been as uh, as sexy as it has been so far. <laughs> ah, so two uh, two chapters, two good chapter endings. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm happy already. Um, and yeah, so we'll we'll come to see. But Jeopardy is a major theme in the book. Um, to to my delight, because in I, I'm not sure who's been listening. We probably discussed it on an early episode, but I went on Jeopardy like four years ago. Mm-hmm. So in it, there's a distinct possibility in the canon. This book was what this series is probably 2015 through 2018 that they yeah. could have been watching my episode of Jeopardy in their oh. uh, post coital bliss here. You Eating talk pizza. about Inception! Wow, yeah. So. You are in the book. <laughs> Connor is coming from inside the quilting we, book. We watched this dork get his ass kicked by a guy named Pranjal. It was uh, felt really bad for him. Felt bad for people who had traveled to watch him. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, maybe we can do another. Uh, we can do a watch party of my episode with uh, Patreon, and people can uh, see how badly I did. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I wondered whether the Jeopardy thing was. Um, like, uh, again, it's come up a lot because it's a series of books. The Woodhouse universe, they go to the, is it the Drones Club? And they mm-hmm. throw um, dinner rolls at each other and stuff. That, and it's just in there. That's just what they do. And I okay. just wondered whether whether that's a, the Jeopardy thing is like, that's throughout the entire series of books. Well, yeah. Or if it's like, yeah, if, if it's constantly a, a sort of stand-in or a euphemism too. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, yeah. Like watch Netflix and yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that could be. They could have invented that. Okay, there it is. But you got to wonder how again if that's you know if if Trebek uh, was the guy getting them all riled up. If you know if they're just like, 
I, I can't do it. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Dr. Oz is just like, it, it's just not working. I, <laughs> let's try it next week when Katie Couric's hosting. I think that might be, uh, that might be what I need. Uh, chapter three. Yep. Chapter three. They're off to Sylvia's diner to meet Diane for lunch. This uh, is what I call the sauerkraut chapter. <laughs> Pork all right. and sauerkraut, if you'd like to call it that. Yeah. Um, were you aware of this? I No, I'm still not aware okay, of it. Okay, right. So they go to the diner, and, and Sylvia says, I'll be right with you to get your drink orders. Special is pork and sauerkraut, or I have meatloaf with mashed in case you got your fill of kraut on New Year's Day. And <laughs> <laughs> so they, they elaborate. Even though we were involved in the wedding at Newton, we had put sort pork and sauerkraut in the crock pot on New Year's Day so that anyone who wanted could eat some or take it home for supper. How many weddings have you come back home with with leftovers in a in a Tupperware, let alone pork and sauerkraut? Pork leftovers? and sauerkraut in a, <laughs> dumped in a bag. So is this a thing? It must be a thing. We looked it up. It's a thing. It's uh, We've always known that... Uh, I believe black-eyed peas are a southern New Year's tradition. Um, Lauren makes them just about every year. Okay. Uh, Hop and John. And this is a uh, sort of mid midwestern Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Germanic tradition of, uh, yeah, you eat those, I think, New Year's, New Year's night or New Year's day. Wow. We had a we had pot, a, pork, and sauerkraut. Yeah. A listener named Emily wrote in saying that uh, she one time went to a New Year's Eve party, ate the pork and sauerkraut before... The ball dropped and was sort of like, I think, you know, given the uh, the side eye for the rest of the wedding. Oh, my goodness. And for the rest of the party. Uh, I did wonder, though, who, when she's talking about, we put pork and sauerkraut in the crock pot on New Year's Day so that anyone who wanted could eat it. Who is she talking about? The, uh, well, the wedding reception, it was on New Year's Day, so they must have just had that back at the wedding. Um, it was just a detail that wasn't mentioned as uh, um, everyone was looking at Kevin Blush. Oh, so everyone was at the wedding thing was just eating pork and sauerkraut, or it was like a separate thing. Like, well, we know not everyone. To... Susan and her four star general husband didn't okay. get any. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was evidently, I guess, the reception food. It just wasn't mentioned at the time, even though this entire chapter hinges on it. Okay, well then we then we have Diane's revelation, which not a picture is coming clear of Diane because we haven't gotten anything other than she likes to cat sit. Yeah. Or, or at least tolerates cat sitting. Yeah. Diane shares with us, I ate so much pork and sauerkraut on Saturday <laughs> that I don't care if I even see it again until next year. I love it, but I always seem to eat way too much. <laughs> Diane. Please control yourself. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, both delicious. I'll eat both of those things. Not the sort of thing you want to imagine someone complaining that they ate too much about, because I, I have to imagine it has its consequences. Right. I always eat way too much of it. <laughs> um, but That's also, a cheap wedding reception, though, I do have to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In a crock pot, just like on a table, you know, the condensation yeah. on the top of it. You, what's a can of sauerkraut, you know? Oh, man. Our our family brand sauerkraut or whatever, you know? Yep. Yeah. Big, 57 cents. Yeah. It's a plastic bag of it. Um, yeah, and then uh, pork—you get a pork shoulder or something on sale, eighty-nine cents a pound. Yeah, you get a Throw Boston butt in Boston. 
Yeah. It's a, That's a cheap wedding. <laughs> you know, you know it, 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 yeah, you think if it was so small and intimate, they could maybe, uh, you know, go go the next level and just cut up some, you know, fillets or something. But uh, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's a good, I mean, it's a good thing that Diane was not at the wedding. You know, yes. Just just hogging all the sauerkraut. <laughs> yeah. Gabe's the other guests sitting there looking empty. at his, his FBI pension going down Diane's gullet. <laughs> <laughs> All but right. Yeah, there's well, one mystery more mention. solved. Yeah, there's one more mention. It says, uh, uh, Miranda says, we packed up go boxes in case someone didn't have their own at home. I grinned. You don't take chances with tradition. So I think it's a good luck thing for the next year. Oh, to, to pack up a bunch of pork and sauerkraut? I think just to eat it a bit. But then, you know, if someone didn't, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's. I think the fact that we both haven't heard about it, Lauren had never heard about it, um, it it is sort of st- like stumbling across uh, aliens trying to impersonate humans. You know, saying this like it's a very common thing we've all read about. Yes. Uh, well, then we get another food that gets a a lot of mention in this book, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm happy about. Uh, first of all, they they're talking about uh, the wedding size again because that's <laughs> what the the discussion at Sylvia's diner. Uh, yes. Uh, owned by Sylvia and Charlie. Um, okay. Employing Ellie. Yes. <laughs> uh the size of the wedding um uh where is it uh oh yes we're aware and that's why we're doing a family only wedding just keeping it small and intimate yes then a big reception at kelly's isn't that brilliant (laughs) i mean it's a thing i I don't think you invented it sure yeah it's sort of a it's kind of kind of weird i mean i it's uh, especially because as we learn that um, in the next chapter, when when the wedding is taking place, but right. But, but you know, anyway, to be honest, like that's the you know, you go to a wedding, and a lot of times these days they're over in like twenty minutes, and then it's on to the reception is the is like the five five hours of fun. So like, if you had to go to only one, you probably want to do the, the the better one. Yeah, there's a lot lot more pressure to go to the actual wedding. It's a little bit easier if you're a little bit distant. Otherwise, it's nerve wracking. Then you got to, you know, participate in things. You got to look, got to be on your best behavior. Yeah, you got to be the. You don't want to be the first person to stand, but like you know, you got to be on your on your A game when you when you see that someone else standing. Yes, uh, but then we here's the other food I alluded to. That sounds perfect, really. Diane says, if you have the wedding around eleven, then everyone goes to Kelly's for an amazing brunch and cake, lots of cake. <laughs> exactly what gabe said (laughs) and then she says follows up so this is the person who whenever she always eats too much pork and sauerkraut well i hate it when there's a huge cake and they only give you a sliver (laughs) so again diane getting a better picture of who diane right but like in what scenario and this sounds like something that happens a lot to Diane. Like, I hate it when. Like, that's not just like, there was this one time this happened and I was so irritated the rest of the reception. It's like, she's encountering cake Nazis frequently in her life. Like, it's like I the guess. old, you know, saying, you know, when 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 you're the drunk guy at the bar or something. Like, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> well, maybe she's uh, she's the sister of the guy in office space who never gets uh, his oh, piece of yeah, cake. Sure, yep. Milton's sister. That would Milton, make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then one more food in this thing, which is one of my favorite uh, transitions um, in all of literature. Next year at this time, my daughter will be married and I'll be a grandmother to Kevin's child. How fast things change. 
No one makes meatloaf like Sylvia. I don't even try. We cleaned our pates in short order. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's charming, you know? It just it, it, That's a, it is a good transition. It's the mundanity of these things, which are, you know, these are, nothing in this book is something that is like something you haven't done or recognize people would not do. You know what I mean? Watching Jeopardy. Millions of people do that every day. Not really the stuff that you put in a mystery novel or any no. novel. It's like, but it's like, that's what's so fun about like the James Wynn movies is you just have those moments that just do not warrant being in a 90 minute movie, the driving and parking, even though they're things that, you know, it's not absurd that they're happening. It's absurd that you're putting them in this thing that you're meant to be entertainment for people. Right. I mean, the, the word novel, uh, the, the things you put in it are novel ideas, not banal ideas. Right. <laughs> I guess these should just be called banal. Right. Yeah, a cozy banal. Uh, but here's, I just want to, uh, just a paragraph above it. Here's the way information is meted out, and this is why you'll see you never know which to take note of and which to dismiss. Uh, Devin and Lindsay were both home over Christmas, but left right after because they had plans with friends in New York for New Year's Eve. I tried not to think about them being in that giant horde of people crammed into Times Square at midnight. Hmm, is that an important detail? Ethan's still home. He and Gwen are leaving on Friday. Their classes start again next Monday. They've had almost three weeks off between semesters. Is any of that important? <laughs> Should I take note of any of that? It's like an entire book of Jim Dalen introductions. Yes. You know, like, I'm Jim Dalen. My sister's here in the van outside. Her brother, like... <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, the, the, she's concerned because the, the gathering at Times Square is about as far from intimate as you could possibly imagine. So That is true. The level of intimacy. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> All right, so I'm assuming that we can just let that information go as that is, uh, you know, filigree, as they say. Something you put on something that has no structural meaning, but it's there to be pleasant to the eye and cozy things up. Sure, which in I'm, this book is, you know, that's, that's the whole point. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to just have to learn which are the mystery parts and which is the cozy part. And I'm just having trouble getting that uh, down in my mind. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were promised dead kids. And uh, that's true. <laughs> and we were, you know, not to, not to, you know, I, I don't want to have a lot of it, but we were also promised quilting, and there's not, not a lot of that has happened either. So we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get there. But yeah, so unless Ethan, uh, you know, winds up uh, dead of an overdose uh, while he returns home to college with Quint, Gwen, maybe that'll uh, pay off, but you never, you never know. And Devin or Lindsay could be the killer. So keep that in mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we move on to chapter four where she returns home from her, um, meatloaf, uh, lunch to find Gabe working on his guest list. Um, she, she is instructed to, uh, call the pastor at St. Luke's to reserve the church and, uh, does that. So that's exciting. Yeah. Reverend, uh, Christopher <laughs> Abbott. Is that who you're talking about? Reverend Christopher Abbott will perform the service at 11 a.m. on Valentine's day. He did so tell me. working out. Yeah. See? He'd like to have a meeting with us next week one day to discuss the specifics. By the way, maybe we should have looked at a calendar. Valentine's Day is on a wedding, a Wednesday this year. And then, so, I mean, just uh, stunning, first of all. But then Gabe says, oh my, now we really need to get the invitations out fast. People might have to take time off or whatever to find a way to get here in the middle of the week. And so, <laughs> Wait, this is the first time it's come up the day of the week that their wedding <laughs> that is it's the on. middle of the week. 
Like, you know, uh, I mean, sure. Like if you're, if you're jetting off to, you know, Vegas or heading down to the courthouse to just like, we want to get this done. It's just important for us to be married. That seems like a perfectly fine thing to do, but you're actually having a, a larger than intimate reception. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Wow. It's the level of, uh, of the, the wedding in the young MC song, bust a move where oh, he, uh, sure. he's informed your best friend, Harry has a brother, Larry. So it's, sort of introducing the same level of uh of of characters into this song in five days from now he's gonna marry he's hoping you can make it there if you can because in the ceremony you'll be the best man oh so this is uh, i mean it's pretty much that song this book in rap form it's a very soon happening wedding there's peripheral characters um and uh he's he's being the the best man in his best friend's brother's wedding yeah, wow. Oh, well, maybe that's the central mystery, is will the wedding happen? I guess, I guess we'll, so, yeah. Uh, we, we then get in this chapter just a bunch of coziness, like Gabe literally falls asleep in a recliner with a cat on his lap. <laughs> that's his cozy rig. Yeah, and then she uh, she feeds the cat and then warms up some beef stew. So Kate, they eat hearty. Sauerkraut. Yeah. <laughs> and pork. And beef stew with biscuits, man. So, so there's a lot of food in here. When she's when she's when she's doing the uh, the parenthetical, you know, the middle age spread happens to all of us. You've got a uh, you know 50 year old yoga instructor who's like, well, you know, <laughs> you could you know you could take some steps. I don't know. <laughs> they, the, they, haven't, the, they haven't mentioned her workout routine or anything. That's true. <laughs> uh, then the information meted out in this, unless I'm missing it, and please, Connor, correct me if I'm wrong. This chapter is about eating beef stew and talking about the fact that the manager of the furniture factory is a redhead. <laughs> they also watch Jeopardy, but yes, you're correct. There um, is no other information meted out in this chapter. No, they made the wedding reservation and then she's excited because she uh, Miranda's going back to work tomorrow. Lucy will be back tomorrow. Can't wait to hear how her trip to Jamaica with Adam went. Gabe looked <laughs> puzzled for a second. So... In that, in this brief moment, Gabe is quite relatable. <laughs> Do you know who these people are? No. Okay. But I'm, my guess is that is, since she, since our character is a quilter who works at a library, so like cozy level, you know, over nine thousand. Uh, Lucy knew him in call, uh, but Lucy must be a character from previous books, and I think it must be like Lucy the redhead. Because that's sort of like dropped in to this otherwise incomprehensible exchange. Lucy knew him in college, and he recently relocated to manage the furniture factory at the mall. I've been in there a few times. Hey, would he be a tall, redheaded guy? I got the impression he was the manager. I stared at him. Are you serious? He's a redhead? <laughs> uh, this, this I will put down to has to be information in other books. Yes, I, that's my guess. Um, because she laughs. <laughs> it did make me wonder, though, what, Gabe? What are you doing, man? You were in the furniture factory at the mall a few times, <laughs> scoping out tall red-headed managers. <laughs> right. Getting the sense that he's the manager? Like, what, is, what does that mean? Is he uh, berating other employees? Is he, like, you know, is he... Well, carrying a clipboard like what do you how do you give off the impression that you're the manager i don't know but uh that is a a sentence that it reminded me of 
there's a comedian that we worked with years ago who was this it was an anomaly because she was a very old lady but she had some funny jokes and one of them was about her husband recently said the most boring thing possible and it was a girl I went to junior high with recently got a job at the post office. <laughs> and just, something about that made me laugh. It was a good joke, the way she delivered it. But Did she uh, write this book? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, a, Lucy knew him in college, and he recently relocated to manage the furniture factory at the mall. Pretty much qualifies as the identical joke. Yeah, it's like uh, you fed her joke into a neural network and it spit out this book. Yes. It reminds me of that line from setting up a room where the, I mean, the, those characters are very much these characters, the two teachers in that short, the Rift Trek short. But at one point in time, it's, you know, 20 minutes into this 30 minute short. And one of them just like, is sort of like breaks the silence by going, I hadn't noticed that pegboard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's the level this is at. Uh, right. We should speed this along. I guess so. There's so much to talk about, though. But I yeah, know, let's do uh, let's do chapter five, and then we'll break for some fanfic uh, before we actually get to the uh, the actual criminal. Um, she gets to the library. She uh, goes straight to Lucy's, Lucy's office to hear all about her trip to Jamaica. Um, and then, yeah, so she gives a bit more uh, background about how Adam war- war- wound up at the furniture factory. He grew up working in his family's construction business, but it wasn't something he wanted to do forever. He majored in secondary education when we were in school. He wanted to be a history teacher when he didn't get a teaching job after college, etc., etc. It goes on. And that, yeah, and it's uh, no pause. There's no none of her, like, uh, uh, I'd let her ramble on while I filed some <laughs> books or something. No, it's just a continuous. After 10 years of corporate, he wanted to work in a store with experience on the retail end. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. All I asked was how your trip to Jamaica. <laughs> right. He quit the furniture store after he noticed a uh, strange middle-aged man who kept going yeah. in the store without buying anything, staring at him. <laughs> Taking surreptitious snapshots with his phone. and <laughs> um, But then uh, we get some more uh, like vague whiplash, but also building her character. I love the smell of fresh printer's ink. Never get tired of that scent. Someone should totally put it into a candle or air freshener. There were seven new releases we ordered several copies of before Christmas, and they'd arrived over the holidays. So it really is just the uh, the internal monologue of a of a librarian as she goes about her day when the library is is closed. So like the side work. Yeah, that's it. And it took me a while to figure that out, but obviously that's built into the uh, into the quilt verse. verse. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. That I didn't know. That I'm like, wait, she's going to the library. Oh, she works at the library. Ow. Yeah, but it's it's kind of meted out in a way. What what you miss though, I just don't want to miss this. Is while she was relaying to what's her name, the worker Amy and Adam. No, oh uh, brother uh, yeah. Lucy. 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 Mm-hmm. She relates to Lucy uh, the size of the wedding. Oh. She says, "Was it well?" No, Lucy asks, "How was the wedding?" I need details. Was it wonderful? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, it was. It was simple and elegant and intimate. <laughs> so, it is. I mean, was there something like? I mean, was there a, a a movie that made this a thing? Like, you know, just like just like Huga was a thing. There was like you'd see it. You'd see like a vanity plate that said Huga. I mean, where did the intimate come from? I don't know, but here's the beef that it comes from. You know, it's nice to go to a wedding that doesn't get hung up on logistics and numbers and parking and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, it's a, a typical concern of mine going to, to, to parking. 
it, it, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's something obviously that is just a stone in her craw. Like, yeah. uh, don't you dare invite me to a wedding where I have to <laughs> worry about parking and numbers. Well, it's like you always say, like, you know, people people do this to us all the time. We're like doing a, a live show or something. And, uh, you know, you're, you're worried about like uh, uh, either entertaining a live audience, uh, feed going out to hundreds of theaters across the country. And then you get emails from people being like, where am I going to park before this? You're like, yeah, I am like, trying to entertain people. This is like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you people all of a sudden become 10 year olds where it's like, so how am I going to pick up the things? Like there's a box office where traditionally you show them your name and that's how you get your tickets. How long is the show going to be? Like we're going to get a babysitter. We've actually gotten those where you're like, I, if you think I'm answering you, this is a show day, sir. We're going around the country. Right. Amazing. Um, but yeah, it, I guess it must be easy to have your um, to not get hung up on logistics when planning your wedding from five weeks out it goes off without a hitch every single step of the way uh, when yes. when logistics don't exist in your cozy verse. Right. Um, so she's she's she heaps scorn on the world of ebooks. Um, she also heaps scorn on people who donate money to the library. Uh, at least we are in the black right now, since thanks to some last minute year end contributions. I know some of them were made for the tax deductions, but they do help. Settle down. Right. Firm settle down to the uh, people donating money to the library if they're not for the reason you approve of. Uh, yeah, and I'm not sure what this chapter was trying to meet out either. Could you figure it out? I don't know what... I just wrote down, get to the dead kids. Because <laughs> they, they, uh, the end of the chapter is uh, Lucy coming in and saying, can we go over the January calendar today? <laughs> And so that's pretty much it. Yeah, it talks about we provide services to our seniors and children. We do everything to serve all the town's citizens. I needed, to, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, we need to think of a plan to draw the kids back to reading a hard copy. It's uh, uh, quite a mystery. <laughs> but again, you know, it's uh, it's 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 charming in that sort of uh, you know charmingly inept uh, way. Yeah. Well, um, is that it for for that chapter? Yeah, that's it. All right, well, we're about to get to some. We're about to get to the dead kids, but before that, let's uh, let's read some fanfic. Well, this should be fun. Uh, the first one is always fun. Yeah, have people figured out the thing yet? <laughs> the, the thing to trick us? Yeah, have they mastered the author's voice? Um, certainly, are things to seize on here, and also certainly no, are no idea where this is going to go, but uh, we will see how you do. How you feeling? Uh, I'm I'm okay. I got. I mean, either way. This one I feel a little lighter about. Yeah. So uh, that's good. Right. Yeah. It's not uh, people who have mastered the Kleinian style, or it's it's more depressing. You know, like like when you see a <laughs> like you see a picture of like a four year old smoking a cigarette, you're like, oh, they're just imitating a bad influence in their life. And <laughs> this is more of like a yeah, more charming. Let's do yeah. it. These are going to be five right. passages that are either from later in the book uh, or from fan fiction written listen, written by our listeners. Many of whom are our beloved Patreon supporters. I think we're on a, I don't know if we've hit it yet or if we're on the verge, but uh, hitting 800. We have 798. Man. Woohoo. Yeah. We're going yeah. to hit that 800 sometime soon. But yeah, you get uh, bonus stuff. Meet the authors. Uh, we watched uh, Fanboys, Ernest Klein's movie on there live. That was quite an event, but uh, 
all sorts of fun stuff. You, we did a meet the authors with Cole Stratton from Rift Tracks recently. Um, oh, was... I have a uh, I've recorded a uh, classical mini uh, <laughs> with uh, Bill Corbett that I'll post uh, this week. <laughs> people uh, people will love to hear that, despite that one guy. <laughs> um, all right, so here we go. Uh, number one. Oh, it's at patreon.com slash 372 pages. Uh, number one. Later, while we were seated at the kitchen table with the small TV on the counter tuned into Jeopardy while we had some ice cream. I sure hope we don't get any visitors this evening. It's fairly obvious what we've been up to. I went to the refrigerator to get a pitcher of water. Do you think, me in my pajama bottoms and you in your little silk robe? When I placed the pitcher on the table, he pulled me down in his lap and reached inside the loosely tied robe. What? Mm. Wearing nothing underneath, how on earth am I supposed to concentrate on Jeopardy with a naked woman sitting at the table? I stood and pulled my robe shut and tightened the belt. I went back to my chair. Well, if you can't control yourself, I will declare myself the winner of tonight's Jeopardy right here and right now. Uh, I guess I can make it through the game. He beat me, and yes, it was that dreaded world geography category that got me once again. Wow. Well, (laughs) I'm going to say that's fanfic, I think. (laughs) A person going too strong on the Jeopardy and too strong on the sauce. But, uh, we'll see. <laughs> right. Um, it just turned into full of a mister in the back half of it. Just yeah. <laughs> to... uh, number two. Gabe set a plastic plate in front of me. Sorry, they were out of fettuccine, so I got you meatloaf. They did have breadsticks, though. I know they're your favorite. I smiled at my Gabe, though my heart felt so heavy. Wasn't it just yesterday that Zoe was babysitting Jenny while we double dated with the high dolls? Now I'm sitting in now I'm sitting in a hospital cafeteria wondering who put that junk in her. Diane wagged a breadstick at me. So, what's our next move, Cagney? I snatched the breadstick out of her hand and playfully took a bite. Well, Lacey, I think we need to call an emergency guild meeting to see if anyone knows about if anyone knows anything about these poison pushers. She pulled out her phone and flipped it open. I accept this mission, she answered. Oh, that is well. It's very well done, so I'll bite on it. I'll say that that is real. Okay. <laughs> and and I love, if if it's real, can I just say, I, I absolutely love the fact that Gabe's favorite food is breadsticks. So, <laughs> so please be real. Um, number three. My accordion folder was stuffed to the brim with medical autopsies, juvenile records for Martin and D'Angelo, and Martin's obituary from the Cutler Herald. Can't get this data put onto an e-reader, I thought to myself. Brittany was sitting on Queenie's red oak porch swing, slowly swaying back and forth. She turned to me inquisitively as I approached. My, you seem to have your hands full. Surely you didn't stay up too late putting your case together. Hi, Brittany. No, Gabe's been keeping me honest. He'd never forgive me if I overslept and we didn't have all our wedding arrangements ready for time for the big day. Well, you must fill me in on your working theory. I have so many questions. Of course, of course. Oh, but surely that can wait a few minutes. How was your Super Bowl evening? Quiet, finally. Dad and the boys were all over at the tavern cheering on the Eagles. They have the biggest screen in town, you know. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, I think people are already on it. It's perfect. I, uh, but I don't know. I'm going to say it's fanfic. Okay. Um, number four. I sighed happily. Was there anything quite as nice as drinking a warm cup of tea with a cat on your lap? (laughs) (laughs) Better yet, I had the most handsome man in the world right by my side. On top of him was a green and gold quilt that I had crocheted this morning. The phrase, true love lasts, was written on it, and and I know that it was true. I knew Gabe was asleep when he gave no answer to a question about Germany on Jeopardy. 
Gabe spent time there when he was in the FBI, and I was sure there wasn't anything about the country he didn't know. When Mary and her boys John and Timothy went on vacation there, he talked their ears off about all the best places to visit. When John went off to a university in Germany, we all knew that Gabe was the reason why. My phone started ringing, and I picked it up to answer. Hello? Hello, Mandy, this is Diane. Are you able to talk? Of course, Dee. I'm just watching Jeopardy with Gabe. He's sleeping now. It's been a long day trying to stop all those drugs from coming in. Yes, about those drugs, Diane sniffled and started to cry softly. It's Jessie Smithen. She's in the hospital from an overdose. They tested her and found a huge amount of marijuana inside her lungs. We don't know if she'll make it. <laughs> Getting the Smithen in there was very, very nice. Uh, well, look, it's already dartboard throwing at right, this point. Yes. Because it's just... <laughs> This could be the easiest fanfic in the world to write. <laughs> I, I confess, honestly, I have no clue. I'm going to say fanfic. Okay. And here's the final one. Miranda Lynn Hathaway. Do you take this man as your legal spouse, partner in crime, and Jeopardy opponent for as long as you both shall live? <laughs> Gabe's eyes got big, and I grinned at him as the wedding guests laughed. I do, happily, with all of my heart. Will you, Gabriel Othello Downing, take this woman to be your legal spouse through all her adventures and her fabric obsession? This time, I gasped and Gabe grinned. I most certainly will for the rest of my days and nights. The minister pronounced us man and wife, and we smiled and kissed. Oh, come on. <laughs> See, this is, uh, oh, that's a tough one. Very tough. Because I was hoping his middle name, and now we're, we're getting ahead. Right, uh, yes. In an upcoming chapter, it was going to be Ogden. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but oh, but it man. can't be Othello. I would have suspected uh, a right. long con here if that had been the case. All right. I'll say that that's real just based on one of the upcoming chapters. But again, people are crafty right away. There, I'm, <laughs> I, I have zero confidence in any of my answers. Let me just be up front. Okay. So the last one you said, okay. Um, did okay. Did okay. Let's see. Number one. Number one was uh, watching Jeopardy, Naked Woman on my lap. They'll know what we've been up to. Dreaded World Geography category. You said yeah. fanfic. That is real. <laughs> what the? They're, yeah, they're, they, they're, they're a, a couple in love and they are, they're going at it um, frequently, I suppose. So he's just pawn at that middle age spread. Yeah, he's walking around in his pajama bottoms like, you know, he's probably Whoa, got a Gabe. Hugh Hefner robe and stuff. She's got a little silk robe. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, this it's... book has riches to come. You devil, Mary Devlin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, this was uh, The Breadsticks and Cagney and Lacey. You said real. That was fanfic written by Josh. Ah, <laughs> dang. Breadsticks being a favorite is a very nice detail. And also the uh, Diane having a flip phone, I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. Wow. So that's 0 for 2 so far. Yeah. Uh, number three, this was uh, uh, going over to meet uh, Brittany, who talked about the watching the Super Bowl on the biggest screen in town. You said fanfic. That was fanfic written by David. That was good because, yeah, Brittany is saucy. <laughs> and uh, number four, this was the uh, cup of tea in your lap. Uh, Dan calls during Jeopardy, um, the people in Germany, and the huge amount of marijuana inside her lungs. You said fanfic. That was fanfic written by Celia. Okay. 
Um, and then uh, number five, uh, that was the, the the wedding vows, the middle name reveal. You said real. That is real. Uh, wow. Cynthia sent that in. I, I, I didn't want to spoil it, but I thought that people would have, you might have thought people would have speculated in their fanfic. So it was a little getting ahead of the mental games there. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Okay. So, so three for five. Othello. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Um, which, so three you know, for five is pretty much <laughs> right on track. Yeah, I think it. I think I, overall, I think both of our averages are, are approaching fifty percent. So I think that okay. that will bump you up by a half a percentage point or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, well, good job, everybody. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, send in more, um, and uh, we will we'll be able to do a couple of them. So uh, craft it, hone it well for next time. Uh, but I, I assume that it is fun for everyone. And I don't want to say that it is easy because you have to, you know, weave the right elements. But it doesn't require that, like you said, you know, slopping down in that Klein mud. You don't right. have to get down in that. You, you can just... Uh, yeah, you can talk about sauerkraut and pork, and I'm in. Yeah, so, and just uh, or just the ticks, just like listing characters is a fun exercise. Like, yes. I mean, and you know, people latch on to the Jeopardy and intimate, and those are usually inclines. Those would be the signifiers, just like saying classic, which would be like, oh, that's probably someone exaggerating. But they just keep happening throughout the book. Like, right. the, they they yes. had sex and watched Jeopardy again. You know, it's only 150 yes. pages. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's good. I think it's got to be fun. It's not yeah, it's not like the uh, FBI agent who's trying to get the serial killer's head. Who's like you know you're in too deep, man. Yes. Uh, chapter six, Martin. Uh, Subtitle. Yeah. Now we're getting into it, my friends. Yeah, this is the good stuff. The inciting incident, as they say in screenplay writing, is mm-hmm. coming up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's our first sort of glimpse into the, well, it's the first time anything has happened, but it's there, our glimpse into these th- our three authors' views of the, uh, the way the drug dealing works, and it does not disappoint. I would say my first, the thing that stuck out to me right away at the beginning, a petite blonde wearing a short dress and tons of makeup. <laughs> that sounds like a judgment, but who am I? Tons of makeup sashayed up to him and pulled him down for a hot, wet kiss rubbing her body against his provocatively Whew. i i'd say the hot wet kiss was fairly provocative but <laughs> right yes but then she doubles down with yeah. rubbing her body and yeah after let's... all that sashaying and makeup wearing and short dress wearing it's all pretty provocative <laughs> yes exactly um and hopefully it gives us a, a taste of what we're in store for later with that pre jeopardy scene yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that's a that's a, a petite blonde is a is a character in a bar, and she's trying to she's she's being so provocative because she wants some of the drugs that Martin is dealing. Martin is our is our dealer here. He'd started out selling marijuana on the streets, but when those addicts <laughs> upgraded to the more serious drugs, so did he, and there was a lot more money in pills. So it's got that good uh, sort of reefer madness vibe right off the bat. Uh, where these are not just you know people who are who are smoking weed you know and and, and watching a, a movie or something they're they're actual full blown addicts who are copying it in uh, in in CD bars as opposed yes. to like you know the, the guy you know in college who sells weed uh, bored naive and willing to pop anything to escape their mundane existence <laughs> its clients got younger and younger so are we yeah I mean are, are they going to be dealing to uh, to Terry's newborn baby soon. But <laughs> they're getting younger and younger, yeah. And now it was X and opioids. Um, Martin uh, does not imbibe in his own products, though, because he 
he uh, he knew the first rule of dealing uh, was never doing, um, which is sort of it's paraphrased from uh, from uh, never get high on your own supply. Yeah, from don't the, get high on your own supply. The ten crack commandments. Um, do wonder if any of those will come back up. Uh, what else? Uh, I guess he's being pushed pushed by the boss to make a connection at the high school, and then it goes into Nolan time again. Oh yeah, yeah. What's your first uh, Nolan-ish thing? Well, it's I didn't write down the whole thing, but he it says like he uh, he noticed uh, uh, a nice looking girl or something, and then it. Uh, or maybe it's a flashback. Either way, he sees someone at the bar and then it like cuts to them like dating or something. Oh yeah, this is all just uh, this is just supposed to be uh, a tumble of images that you see, a montage that you see in a movie. Yep. But she doesn't know how to do that, so it's just like paragraph after paragraph with no separation. <laughs> yes. So you get to the end of the paragraph and you you're like, "Where wait, where are they now?" Right. Uh, yes. I'll give you an example of how it, I have a paragraph that I just have written. Huh? Uh, so he's at a bar. He sees a woman. She's uh, she was holding a glass of beer in her hand, but he could tell she hadn't had more than a sip. Wow, <laughs> what a Sherlock Holmes. There. <laughs> <laughs> because the glass was full. He noted. Full, so. uh, he licked his lips. Ugh. Oh, Martin, you're no Gabe. <laughs> Always up for a challenge, he carefully worked his way over to her, trying not to be too obvious. <laughs> Seems pretty obvious when you're licking your lips. Yeah, staring. you've just had a hot woman in too much makeup grinding on you provocatively, too. So, But then it just switches to this. I don't think this is exactly concurrent, but anyway, this he played her. He played with her for a while. A student at community college, she was excited at the thought of dating an older man who had a job in an apartment outside of town. He took it slow, not going all the way with her. One night, she came out of the bathroom wearing a short skirt and low-cut top. He couldn't take his eyes off her. Her long hair was teased and piled on top of her head. Her eyes were lined and black, and her lips were coated in black lipstick. She slowly walked to him, never taking her eyes from his. What What's happening? Where, <laughs> well, where is this? <laughs> is it still the same woman? Is that is this Martin? Where are they? What's happening? It's it's uh, hard to process in real time, but yes, it's like you said. It's a it's essentially requiem for a dream, where he's getting this girl hooked and sort of like. She, it, but the, she's undergoing this dramatic change because now she's um, like hanging out with a drug dealer. But we were never told what she looked like in the first place. No. So <laughs> you know, we're, I think we're meant to believe she's you know sort of like wearing like you know the uh, either a like conservative slacks or like the Britney Spears innocent schoolgirl type of thing. And but now she's like she's uh, as uh, Ebony Darkness Dementia would say she's totally goff. Yes, but it seriously reads like this is happening now or something, but she should just really write, Hey, this is a flashback. everyone. <laughs> this is a flashback montage. Scene. Right. Yes. And yeah. we go, okay, I get it. All yeah. Right. It's, um, it makes you think they might've just like handed the book off between the sisters to like, you know, uh, you take this part, you, you, you write the part where he turns her into a drug addict type of thing. Yeah. You, I don't like the parts about the drugs, but I like the parts about husbands reaching into bathrobes. <laughs> yes. So I'll write that part. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so he 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 gives the community college girl Jenny uh a, eventually 
He let her have a tug on a joint of marijuana. <laughs> yes, they're blowing pot. They are. They're blowing it. Um, she responded by removing her clothes and dancing across the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, she's not she's not like playing the piano like in Reefer Madness, but it's pretty much the same thing. So, I mean, it, for, in his mind, you know, mission accomplished. Um, you've got a, uh, a g- gorgeous naked chick in your room, but then he says he wrapped her in a blanket and held her while she slept it off. <laughs> you buffoon. It was clear she had a low tolerance for drugs. Martin decided to keep her clean. So, I mean, that's a, when we, when we read that this book was about three, you know, middle-aged moms describing a, a drug epidemic, we could not have in our dreams prayed it would have gone as well as this. <laughs> Tugging uh, pot and then uh, taking yes. off your clothes and dancing. Uh, but then the guy being too concerned about that he's corrupting this girl. I've probably brought it up on this podcast before, but my mom's version of that was she would warn me, you know, because I went off to college young and everything. I was 16 when I went to college. Mm. She was like, you know, you know what? You've got to watch out for the drugs because what the drug dealers will do, they'll tie you down and get you hooked <laughs> on drugs. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I don't know where she heard this. Oh, my thing. God. My brothers and I would laugh so hard. Mom, I don't think... That's I don't incredible. think anyone's going to be able to tie me down. <laughs> right. And then you're hooked. Where did, uh, could that have come from? I mean, that's you know, that's like know. something you like, you know, that Ralph Wiggum tells you on the playground or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it did not happen. Uh, I did not get tied down and get hooked on drugs. Good. That's a relief. Um, yeah. But uh, that's about the level that this thing is working at. <laughs> uh, uh, th- this is a little detail that just, it- it's only indicative of the writing. I don't want to make it, it's not a big deal, but they drove through a fast food joint and got a takeout supper for dinner. Okay. <laughs> uh, or, and then they changed and dressed to go out. Do fast food joints like make takeout and supper? Is that what you call like getting a bunch of fries? And, <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like the, uh, just the the greasy sack of food. I, supper has like that homey, cozy quality to it, in my opinion. Yeah. Drive throughs and uh, or fast food joint takeout. Takeout, see, you always describe that as like. Uh, you know, that's more of a meal. Mm-hmm. And then supper. It's just a, a very strange For dinner. Supper for dinner. That's the tradition. <laughs> I, I, I rarely have supper for breakfast. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but that's the, uh, so yeah, that's what he's doing with her. Uh, you know, take out dinners and then they're going out clubbing, you know, dressed in her hot new outfit. But it says she'd never felt so alive. He made her feel like she was the only woman in the world. After they spent the day watching TV, making love and eating pizza, he went to take a shower. That's all it takes. <laughs> you wow. don't have to like read poetry in the uh, in the field, like in Twilight type of thing. <laughs> just just take out supper and then eat pizza in bed and doing it. Like, uh, and and what is so? She's the contact to the 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 other college kids. Is that what this is all about? Uh, I mean, he's dealing to other college kids, but I think I, th- I think this is meant to just illustrate a uh, you know an after school special. Um, this is Helen Hunt, you know, jumping out the window type of thing that this is an innocent person he's corrupted. So here's uh, also this. I found this inception-y. Martin found himself actually caring about the kid. It was nice to spend time with someone who wasn't an addict. Some of the women tried to tempt him with offers of services in exchange for goods, but he turned <laughs> them down. Some some of what women? <laughs> right. The uh, blonde with too much makeup. 
Once they'd made the rounds and his business was done, he took her by the hand. Let's get out of here. God. Where are they? What? I, who Who are the women? What's he talking about? We're back in the place he was in the middle, um, and but now they're going to it together. It's very confusing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's supposed to be a montage of a kid turning into a goth right. uh, by, uh, by hanging around with Martin, who's a drug dealer, whose age... I don't know. Do you have yeah. any idea? Uh, you know, it doesn't specify. And, it, you know, it, when you think about, like, the idea of a college student who's excited to date a, a, a towny drug dealer, that's usually not the top of the things that are exciting on their lists. So you have to imagine he's maybe only, like, 25 or something. You can't imagine he's, you know, uh, this 42-year-old who's going to push the drugs at the bar. It seems like that would be hard to get her excited about. But you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, it ends poorly, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh for the girl, not for us. It turned out great for us because he takes a shower, and when he came back, she was unconscious. His small baggie of X bars lay open on the bed. She had clearly found the stash he kept on hand in case someone wanted to sample the goods. X bars, Mike. I, I know, did not I, look it up. I know but you're I not. You uh, yeah, in your in your days of going to the bar and taking whatever a stranger offers you, but I've never heard that as a term. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't consult Urban Dictionary, but uh, it's uh, I, it, probably something that they they heard about. You know, Sheila told Mary, who told Debbie, who told Beth that like you know the X bars were the new thing that the drug dealers were handing out to the kids at the bus. It is very much in line with the old cliche about you know uh, someone trying to tell you what drugs not to do, and you know amphetamines, Bennies, uh, Jimmy Johns, uh, right. <laughs> William Katz. I mean, these things are known by many names, and you're like looking at your friends going, what? No one's calling these. Where <laughs> hey, did you come up with X bars? I, I mean, Xanax bar is on Urban Dictionary. Two milligrams of Xanax that's shaped like a bar can be divided into quarters and abused by many. Oh. That's a definition so that's from 2007. So she nailed it. I thought they were talking about ecstasy, so that's why I, I assumed they were talking about ecstasy because she had X earlier. All right. Well, who? I guess the uh, these three ladies are hipper to the streets than I am. Yeah, they did their research. <laughs> but anyway, she 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 snorts too many X bars, uh, or maybe just to ingest them. And uh, he does the the classic uh, thing that shows you're a coward of a drug dealer, where you you take him to the ER, push him out of the out of the car at the doorstep, and and, and speed away. Yeah. And can I just ask, is Jenny like, because um, he says she, he's not getting her hooked, so she's just a normal person who went a little dark because she has an older boyfriend. But did anyone t- teach her not to just eat a bunch of things out of a baggie <laughs> in someone's, what are you, a puppy? Yeah, it doesn't specify that she's not a dog. I... Yes. <laughs> that could be maybe why he's so like entranced when she comes out wearing a short black skirt. He, he didn't yeah, expect the... The dog to be to be dressing There's up. There's nothing like that. in the rule book that says Jenny can't be a dog. <laughs> um, yeah, so a, a delightful look into, I presume, going to be one of our main antagonists here. Gabe versus Martin is my <laughs> guess. Um, but enough of that. In chapter seven, let's get back to the wedding guest list. Ah, the Macmillan chapter is what I call it. <laughs> they have uh, they've made the curious, like I love Lucy sitcom esque decision to uh, both make their own guest lists and then compare them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're doing the thing. They're being like, oh, well, these people will be disappointed if they're not invited, but they probably won't come. So we can add them and it won't make it too unintimate. 
uh, type of thing that I, I, that shows they've planned some weddings because I remember my mom saying that too. Was was your mom concerned about the level of intimacy and numbers and parking? Evidently not, because they you know they let us they let us have you know like a, invite a hundred people. So if she Ours was, was big, I think it was three hundred. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how big weddings were and how it worked. So I you know I'm just a bystander in my own event. I don't I don't know what's going on. Three hundred. I learned. Yeah, yeah, because you know, it's, and it was all people I didn't know. Obviously, right? Yeah, exactly. They're just they're coming to you know their parents friends who are you know calling in you know and former business partners and all that yeah her, her godfather style the, yes her dad was the an italian guy who was mayor of a small town literally so godfather style yes yes exactly wow did you did anyone ask him for a favor on that day like on the day of his daughter's <laughs> wedding of course yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah so yeah the mcmillan's <laughs> it's <laughs> um they are i guess it's a it's, the McMillans and also Tom Gibbons. Which yes. one do you want to talk about first? Well, let me just, can I just, one of my favorite sentences, and then we'll get into it, is, uh, and it's a standalone sentence. You know, the, the shortest sentence in the, in the Gospels is that Jesus wept, right? Of course. My, my favorite short sentence in this book is Peter, Irene, and Macy. <laughs> Period. <laughs> so I just want to get that out. That's all. if if she beats it, she beats it. But right now, Peter, Irene, and Macy is my favorite when, sentence. In when, when Paul and Mary uh, uh, overdosed on X bars, and Peter had to form a new uh, folk trio, he he went with That's Peter, right. Irene, and Macy, and it just didn't work out for him. That was like a Credence Clearwater once Fogarty left. Uh, yeah, but I, I the McMillans I find a little. Uh, they both have intriguing traits. You talk about the McMillans, and I'll handle the uh, the other guy. Okay. Uh, so the McMillans are just evidently just rich as hell. Um, they have offered to. Uh, they don't know where the wedding is, but they say if it's in Boston, look, we'll fly everybody up. We'll put them up in hotels. <laughs> um, and they are so generous in this department because Peter McMillan had hired Gabe as security for his daughter, Macy. And Gabe ended up rescuing her from a bad relationship in Paris. Since then, the whole family had become our friends. So Gabe essentially, Liam Neeson and Taken. Yeah, it's Taken. For Macy. Like, bad relationship, I am guessing they're using as the same, uh, uh, you know, euphemism as, you know, middle-aged spread or, you know, of a certain age type of thing. He went over there to the, uh, to the, you know, Czech guy that she was dating or something and, like, you know, just like kicked his ass, like beat up, took out a drug den, you know, brought her back um, type of yeah, thing. Yeah, I assume there were a lot of those, you know, snapped necks from behind kind yes, of thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Crack, he's dead kind of, yes. Yeah, so that's just, a, you know, th- that, that's the sort of thing Gabe does as a uh, as a favor to people. Although I guess that they probably paid him handsomely. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he did so well, they're going to fly an entire wedding party up to Boston. That was the <laughs> offer. Yes. And they say with, with uh, it was unbelievably generous is the, <laughs> the understatement at the end of that. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So on to Tom Gibbons. Yes. And to decide between these two, I don't know, let the audience decide. Tom Gibbons uh, had worked with Gabe together in the FBI years ago and more recently He'd been the agent who helped rescue Kevin and Terry from a hired killer at the hotel where Kevin worked. He'd contacted Gabe a couple of months ago when he was retiring from the FBI and said he wanted to keep in touch. 
you know, you you did rescue Kevin and Terry from a hired killer at the hotel. Let's keep in touch. Right. And then Gabe forgot to put him on his list. Yes. She added Tom Gibbon to Gabe's list. Yes. <laughs> so once again, uh, the uh, the hotel manager's uh, girlfriend, Rita, I think might have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the hired killers usually just don't target uh, low on the on the ladder people at at hotels. So yeah. there's got to be something else going there. And I, once again, I assume that has to be in the first uh, in the first six books. If not, it would be one of the greatest things to casually mention. Uh, as an off-camera action in the history of, of literature. Please tell me. I, I'm certain that each one is a book in itself of those two <laughs> events. But if they are not, I, I will just golf clap for the next 10 years over that. Time. Right, yes. That is the best thing ever. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just get some some very colorful characters, uh, hoping we get more of them. We get more information about Gabe, which is great to know as we see what he's uh, what his character actually does in this book. Um, and then we get uh, uh, another dramatic chapter end. Kelly's is going to want a head count for a week or so before the actual reception. Okay, that's enough for tonight. It's time for Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> um, I don't. It's 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 not gonna it's not gonna get old in 150 pages. That's for sure. I didn't realize. I think I was maybe reading. I was entranced by other things. Didn't realize that it was their competition. I thought it was just a cozy thing. Uh, but it, it's more like uh, it's uh, you know Sherlock playing chess against Mycroft or something. Like right, you just do it. This is what they do every night. Yes, they take each other on. But right. I, this it must have been filled out in other books, and it's yeah. just sort of alluded to here. Do they do they get disappointed when they turn it on and it's like the teen tournament where they're like, well, this isn't any fun. Like, like right? <laughs> <laughs> are they are they the are they? Uh, and it doesn't sound like they're doing the whole wheel Jeopardy block, so they they have contempt for the dullards on Wheel of Fortune, I assume. Right. <laughs> um. Well, chapter eight, uh, we finally get to the to the to the uh, quilting guild. Oh boy! But um, but before that, we uh, the the phone rings. Um. I was wondering, like, is it going to be a member of the guilds in the ER or the uh, the four star general friend of the ex-wife is implicated in a drug ring? Maybe maybe they're shipping drugs inside the quilt somewhere like that's how they're fencing them. Yeah. The trip to the printer was our top priority on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, and the printer is where they go to get their invitations printed. And that provokes the whole question that was sort of touched on in fanfic that. uh she wants to know what Gabe's middle name is for the invitations. And he says, uh, he stammers and looks around everywhere but me. I, er, I don't have one. And he says, she says, come on, everyone does. What is it? I am not telling you. So this is the, the inter- international super spy who's, you know, um, you know, gotten, gotten shot and like, you know, suitored his own wound shut. Like as the gunfire is raining past him, um, is, is embarrassed by his middle name. And it's never come up. Correct. What, what is their their history? I mean, they're, they're getting married in a little while. I, I assume you knew uh, Lauren's middle name. Or... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you see their driver's license you, or their credit card when you order a something or something like that. Like it, it it's very difficult to imagine unless they they met last week um, that she would not know this. It's also the the coyness of it plays out oddly. Like uh, I'm not telling you. It's embarrassing. Whatever. And then. Uh, she says, does that mean that your middle initial would spell, oh, no, or something like that? Yeah, that would mean your initials like, are 
Wait, <laughs> and then they, then they don't say it. They reveal it like three pages later that it's G-O-D. Which... Yeah, I guessed it, and then I felt stupid. I was like, well, is it, could it be this dumb? Right. Just doesn't... But does anyone look at that and say, I don't see that when I say a name. I don't immediately do the initials and then mock them like I'm in junior high or <laughs> right. something. Well, unless I your initials just... are like, you know, Patrick Othello O'Brien, and it spells out poo or something. Like, what, why, why would that warrant a comment? Like, it's not, it's not like, uh, seriously? <laughs> I guess until you see them put together in their initials, but you don't see that in a wedding invitation. Right. I don't look at Miranda Lynn Hathaway and go, oh, uh, uh, MLH, that stands for, uh, right. uh, you know, Mary Lynn Hell or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, it's like you don't start playing with someone's initials. <laughs> anyway, he's uh, the, uh, yeah, the guy who's snapped necks in Fallujah is too embarrassed to, right. uh, to give his initials. Um, and then they, uh, they, they, they pick their, their cards. Uh, they, then they decide that they will go over their guest list again when they got home, which is reassuring because, um, I, I want, I want, I was concerned whether the, the thesis advisor would be making it. So I, I hope we get to drill down on that. Sure. Sure. Um, then they go off to Queenie's where the quilting guild meets. This is off the charts bananas. <laughs> <laughs> This is nuts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to, again, because I'm not part of this, I have not read this type of fiction before. It took me a while to realize I was very disoriented by, wait, are we actually just going to hear everyone's Christmas story? (laughs) And you bet your sweet ass we are. It is just everyone going around a quilting circle talking about their Christmases. Yeah. They, it mean, was bananas. It is like, uh, I don't know. I feel we've done stuff like this before where it's like they, they are, the thing that they're there to do never actually happens. Like Quilting Guild is just a gossip circle. Yeah. It's and crazy. So it appears that Gabe is the only uh, man at the Quilting Circle. Um, and the rest of the people are are Queenie and we get to hear about things. Well, first they fill everybody in on the details of Kevin and Terry's wedding. There were fewer than 20 people there, included the wedding party. It was small and intimate, which is what they wanted. And we're planning a small, intimate wedding, not quite as small as <laughs> Kevin and Terry's. And then a reception at the Kelly Room where we can invite everyone we want, which, as we already know, is genius. Yes. Or brilliant or genius. I forget this. Even though it's on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, they're splitting the atom with their definition. Small and intimate, not quite as small. It's uh, Yes. Um, and then so Queenie leads us off. Queenie's Queenie's in charge here. This is her. Uh, this is her shebang. She taps up a pair of sciz- taps a pair of scissors on her pin jar. Now, because it appears we won't be getting any work done today, I'm going to go around the room and ask you to share something about your holidays. I'll go first. <laughs> so I was just hoping she was going to say, I-, "I went to a bar, sold some drugs to kids, and they died." <laughs> um, uh, and then w- what else? Sarah and Harriet. Yeah. They have quite the story. Yeah, that is a puzzling one. They describe Shelby, who's not in the guild, brings them cookies. Our Shelby, they say. Yes. Not related to them, not their daughter, not an adopted thing. Very puzzling. So they are twins. Twin sisters who live with each other. Interrupted her by older, by three minutes, twin sister. Mm -hmm. Naturally, we invited her in for tea and some of her own cookies. Yeah. She told us about her new job at Sally's Salon. 
<laughs> and then I forgot to say she was wearing a nice pair of black slacks with a Christmas sweater instead of her usual jeans and sweatshirt. What is happening? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say that the new look would make me suspicious that maybe Martin is involved, but yeah, she's wearing a Christmas sweater. So that's like, that's not, uh, you know, the, the, the trans, the requiem for a dream transformation. So they, so they, Gabe and she expl- uh, exchange knowing glances. <laughs> and then the story comes that she's like, she's a worker at a donut shop. She had come to Cutler from Florida and was a bit of a sad case. Her aunt and uncle ran the donut shop and all of us who went there couldn't help but notice the disheveled, chubby girl with a bad attitude. <laughs> Life had not been particularly kind to her so far. Well, it sounds like the townsfolk haven't been too kind either. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, uh, and then, so yeah, absolutely no idea what to make of that. It sounds like it could easily be its own book. Um, but then Judy Smithen gets up. Oh, yes. Smithen was in the fanfic. I, I, I know. Yep, oh, yep, right. Yep. Judy Smithen gets up and just throws shade on the whole rest of the group. Judy Smithen spoke next. Okay, I'll keep it short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. This could rend the quilting guild uh, in half here. Uh, don't don't make her bang on that pin jar. For God's sake. <laughs> so and just so, so just keep that in mind. She she's going to keep it short. Tommy was home from college and Jesse was here for a few days with her new boyfriend. It was the first we've met him, and I think I understand now why she hasn't been coming home much on the weekends. As most of you know, Tommy has been dating Julie Sorensen, but he broke it off, saying he's too busy with school and baseball to have such a steady girlfriend. I'm disappointed, of course, because Julie is such a sweet girl. It goes on as she keeps it short. This was the one that I read just last night to Bridget. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, I swear I won't do this. <laughs> but I read the whole Julie Smithen thing, and she actually sort of collapsed over on the couch with tears in her eyes. Thinking, oh my God, that makes me laugh so <laughs> You just, everyone has kids home from college. They're all dating someone new or about to be married. It's just, uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll read the third paragraph in Julie Smith and keep it at short. Okay. This was our first Christmas in our new home, and I really enjoyed decorating the old Victorian. We had a traditional family dinner with Taylor and Noel as our guests. <laughs> Noel is obviously adorable, and it does my heart good to see Taylor so happy. <laughs> first mention of Taylor and Noel. <laughs> It's, oh. It would be a it'd be a fun game just to try to to like to do this, uh, you know, in in Nashville or something. Just start to telling uh, telling everybody about uh, the people that they have no idea who they are and see yes. how long it takes for them to to say like, "What the hell is going on? Like, what have you had a brain injury?" Like, <sighs> but then it literally goes around the circle, and the same thing happens with everyone in their quilting guild. Yes. <laughs> Um, I mean, I could read the whole thing and it would be fun for me. But... <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, they talk about um, the other woman who came up in fanfic, the, the slight wisp of a woman who's pregnant with her third child. Oh, yeah, right. Yep. Um, but that's uh, uh, What's her name? I, oh, I had her name in the top. She was in the fanfic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is uh, Brittany. Brittany, yes. <laughs> She's a little spitfire. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's delightful. It's, it's, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it's so funny. Just the characters we've never heard of talking about other characters we've never heard of, but it's. All right. Uh, this was a laugh out loud for me. Do you, I don't know what this means, but, uh, 
Uh, Gabe encouraged Queenie to tell them about the Christmas decorating contest. It so happened she'd brought the second place ribbon with her and she held it up proudly. Okay, (laughs) so this is Queenie. The weather had kept her from installing the amazing birdhouse that Max Ryan Sr. had built. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Is that... That implies the existence of a Max Ryan Jr. So he's at the top of my list now. Is that... I didn't look it up. Is that like an actual like birdhouse builder or something? Is there some reason... (laughs) And you assume she was talking about a Christmas decorating contest, right? Like like the one Snoopy wins in Charlie Brown Christmas? Yes. That, but that, she lost. Bringing she out came bird houses? Second, well, yeah, because well, she's decorating her house second. with birdhouses instead of Christmas lights. <laughs> but no, she didn't get to install the amazing birdhouse that Max Ryan Sr. had built. <laughs> it really is. It is a it is a conversation on the phone with a with 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 your with your grandmother who yes. just is my my mind bless her heart would uh would talk about our our, our relatives in, in Oklahoma all the time that we I'd met four times in my life maybe. Oh sure yeah yeah <laughs> amazing so yeah. so it ends though with a uh, this chapter ends pretty fun thing they feel uh, they want to get a bowl of chili at the tavern yeah and the tavern is different than the diner right yes. where they had sauerkraut and pork and meat correct loaf. yeah yes Lizzie owns the tavern yes. <laughs> Um, and she uh, she has quite a thing for our Gabe. Yeah, I, I forget what she said to flirt with him. If if you have it, uh, take a seat anywhere, handsome. I'll be right with you. Yeah, she threw him a wink and took off. So he's standing right next to his betrothed. Yes. So Lizzie's quite a saucy. I'm sure she's snapping gum and whatever. Yep. Uh huh. But then, and uh, then uh, Miranda he says yeah. he says it's always a good thing to remind you that you have. And then he waves a hand at himself. All this, <laughs> so Gabe. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And then uh, I clapped a hand to my forehead in mock disgust. Lizzie has always had a thing for Gabe. I really don't take it seriously, but we keep playing the game. So that sounds like they're going to be heating up some pizza before Jeopardy tonight. That sure does. That's Call me Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get a, a heated up slice of all this? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it does. It invokes the. Uh, the three names on the cover yet again. I think they, yeah, they, they wow. we might have this in our future. Wow, fantastic! Book right. number eight in the series. Uh, our our couple places a uh, a personals ad in the uh, in that one section of the classifieds that always has the weird stuff. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. We have. Uh, yeah, we gotta. Yep. We gotta finish this up. Okay. Well, chapter nine is Mister Smith. <laughs> but it's also good. Mister Smith is a a Wall Street stockbroker by day. Um, but then on the weekends, he drives out to uh, motels where he checks in under an assumed name, pays cash, always near the interstate to make it easy for his uh, customers to come in and out. All right. Here's the question. Is Gabe Mr. Smith or is uh, Martin Mr. Smith? No, no, no. Okay. That was puzzling to me. That So he works for Martin? I think Martin is his... Uh, guy it's, it was it was alluded to that the the big boss was telling martin he needed to like expand into the high school or something and so okay. the, I, I i believe this is the big guy uh martin is just sort of the guy who martin, martin deals the drugs in person this guy is the supplier to the to the drug dealers okay All right. <laughs> and so uh i'm just gonna i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit in the chapter it ends with him um he he cleans up the bathroom where he spent the whole weekend in um 
he's washed the temporary dye from his hair. Uh, he stops for gas where he tossed a bag containing the empty bottle of hair color remover, a set of brown contacts, a fake mustache, and a smashed burner phone. Um, and uh, <laughs> so when he walks into the tavern, we get a little and more Christopher Nolan time. Uh, Gabe oh, yes. and Miranda yeah. are there dining. And uh, he, he says there's a couple in one of the booths chatting. The guy gave off the air of cop. But then Gabe gets a case of the prickles and says, when you've been at it for a while, as I have, you develop a sense for the presence of a criminal. It's like taking a slight chill or the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Um, it, I don't think it's Gabe's intuitive cop sense. You have a guy who's obviously dyed his hair and is wearing a ridiculous fake mustache eating dinner <laughs> in this small town. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like, does this guy, does he go back to, you know, uh, Lehman Brothers on, on Monday? And like, has he ever forgotten to take off the mustache or like, you know, get, doesn't get his hair all the way dyed? And they're like, hey, Phil, what, what the hell are you, what are you wearing? We're meeting with the, we're meeting with the guys from, uh, you know, the, the Japanese stock market today, like you're going to scuttle the whole deal. He, wa- he walks into that meeting with the uh, Mrs. Doubtfire costume on. <laughs> Hello, my dearies. So, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's going to great efforts to remain um, anonymous while, you know, being as ludicrous that, you know, he, he looks like a uh, uh, one of the Beastie Boys in the Sabotage video or something, a 70s cop. <laughs> yeah. But it's really indescribable. I think you have to read it. You have to be reading the chapter to know how indescribably jarring that is to go from uh, third-person narration of someone else to the conversation between them. Like, who's that guy? <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> yep. It's a, he, he flashes back to leaving the office. Uh, first person of him walking into the tavern, seeing a guy who gives off the eye of cop. Cut to our heroes, their perspective. Um, and then fast forward ahead to the end of the weekend when he spent all day doing his deals on Saturday. I mean, I look, it's a technique. I, yeah. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Throwing all the magnetic poetry set at the fridge and seeing if that produces a readable book is a technique too. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, as we've referenced before, when you we used to be able to watch uh, MLB, uh, you, but, but they wouldn't show the whole thing. You had to pick your own they camera angle. edit the feed for you, yeah. Yeah, so it was the same way. I guess you could make a baseball game out of that. <laughs> yeah. jarring, jarring shots that you just pick at random. That's what's happening here. Yeah, just in the middle of this uh, tavern scene. Let's see what Martin's up to. <laughs> like, Let's check in on the Smithen family. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, they do talk about... Uh, He's uh, one guy tried to take his goods without payment. And so he made sure of uh, sending out a picture of Carmen Roselli with a bullet hole between his eyes, completely anonymously, of course, routed through several servers. But everyone who needed to see it saw it. And I was just like, oh, man, we we need we need we need to have these uh, these three authors talk about what they think hacking is like, because yes. <laughs> if they wrote like Digital Fortress, that would be pretty delightful, too. The beginning of that paragraph is uh, an, a lesson in how to write a passive sentence. It begins, The story of the one guy who had tried to take his goods without payment had spread. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, 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 can put, you can suss out what they mean. I mean, it's not high-level stuff, but it, again, is a... An exercise in writing in a style no one has ever tried before. 
Yeah, but this is all happening because there's a new mall <laughs> yes. coming, right? Yep. And so there's more kids with money, kids with a bit of money and little to do. Uh, so there's, yeah, so there's just kids wandering around. And so that's why the drug dealers are really honing in on this area because of the new mall. Yeah, the mall's and expanding that, and the so. college is growing is Gabe's theory. So, yeah. So there we go. <laughs> it's good. I'm glad they're in the, uh, I'm glad they're in the one town in America where malls are really thriving. You know, brick and mortar retail in a, in a mall type structure is, is, is taking off. Sure. Well, that was, uh, you know, Cutler of what, 2008 or whenever this was written. I thought this was 2018. Oh, good heavens! All yeah, right. I, oh, good. Yeah, 2018. I got I got a nice shot the other day in a uh, in a in a former Nordstrom, and the uh, the Burlington High School moved into a former Macy's. But uh, I guess all these department stores are doing fine in Cutler. Yeah, things are killing it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's our introduction to I guess the main villain. I uh, no word on who it's going to be, uh, four star general perhaps, but I, I think it's not. Not as fun when we know that the this guy's a Wall Street guy because we haven't said like no one has introduced you know their uh, son's uh, girlfriend's brother by saying he's a Wall Street executive type of thing so we don't have a we don't have a hint at who it might be. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, I I don't know enough about a Wall Street and uh, being a let's see, he's got a bachelor's degree in business administration, a master's in finance and investment, and then he drives to small towns. Mm-hmm. You got to be a little bit on call on the weekends. I know the market's not open, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a lot going on. If yeah. you're a high, high, so I just <laughs> I applaud his <laughs> I applaud his taking calls and answering things on his uh, phone with with the fake mustache right. from the Halloween store on. It's just like it's impressive, right? Yeah, they uh, they they get a, a call that like uh, futures of you know soy are, are really tanking based on some uh a new form of like insect blight that's discovered and it's going to up up upend things and he's uh he's trying to get the dye out of his hair before he pays in cash at the front desk but one of, the, it, uh, one of their angels died you know the guy who's like 30 percent of their right. now we got to figure out how to steer that with his estate and all of that i've got to keep that money right and and also um this guy is, is clearly not hurting for money, so he's he's doing this out of out of the love, you know. He's 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 yeah. selling selling drugs purely because it's what his passion is. It's like the, the way the reason these women write the book, and you know, until we directed all the listeners there, they weren't they weren't making a ton of money. But um, it's just a it's a passion project, right? Some guys make uh, birdhouses, birdhouse <laughs> models of Victorian homes for Christmas ornamentation, uh, like their father before them, or like their son after them. But uh, yeah. This this is his hobby. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to the final chapter because then now the drama starts ratcheting up pretty quickly. Now connections are made, so this yep. is good. Yeah. And this is a, a fast and furious uh, introduction of new characters, which delighted <laughs> me as well. Go for it. Uh, well, we have we have Betty Heidel. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so she's uh, she's working the reception in emergency room. Uh, cuddling babies and doing basic night care was a treat mm-hmm. for Betty. Yeah. Uh, who's working reception. <laughs> so I just want to point out that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Bet- the- Betty, Betty, stay on task. <laughs> well, I think they've asked her to look at the babies, but like that doesn't give, uh, you know, a, a, a new a new parent much uh, reassurance if the, you know, the, the woman answering the phones is all of a sudden like going in to, to take care of the, the newborns who are for whatever reason spending the night in the hospital overnight. 
Well, I I assume that that task is given to uh, Sammy is taking over. Okay. S, if, if that's how you pronounce it, S-A-M-I. I think so. Sammy, mm-hmm. man or woman, don't know. So Sammy could be a janitor who's going up there, and then <laughs> the janitor has to cuddle the babies and do basic night care. No, Sammy, that baby is in a is in an incubator. He was he was born three months premature. Do not cuddle that baby, Sammy. No, at, at least put the mop down first, Sammy. Please. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that so we get that. This is a pretty short chapter. Yeah. But then Gloria calls her. Oh man. <laughs> Gloria is like, I mean, it's almost like an Austin Powers routine or something. Gloria, Gloria calls her down to the, to the ER, I guess. And there's a, you know, there's a body on a, on a gurney with a, a curtain over it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Gloria, um, Gloria does not handle this in the most sensitive way. Because <laughs> um, it turns out, I mean, she, so she says, uh, he just, she just calls Sammy down and says, you got to take a look at this. There were several IV lines running into the pale arms. All the monitors were beeping a steady rhythm. Betty pulled her arm free. You're freaking me out, Gloria. What the heck's going on? I'm sorry to do this to you, but I want you to take a careful look at her face. Betty moved to the head of the gurney and pushed the hair from the girl's forehead. A gasp slipped from her lips and her knees buckled. Oh no. Oh my God. No. It couldn't be, but it was. She picked up her granddaughter's small hand with its black painted fingernails. Could Gloria have handled this slightly more sensitively? <laughs> Gloria, you monster. She didn't, it wasn't even the cliche of, uh, I need you to ID the body. It was just like, check it out. Your granddaughter OD'd and she's dying. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, could you come down here a second? Uh, just get something to look at uh, really yeah. quick. She thinks it's a new, like, uh, you know, uh, cat video or something that she's going to show her on her phone. Yeah, something funny. Oh God, that's my granddaughter. <laughs> Why, Gloria? Right. I was you cuddling babies this on the phone. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah. So then, but then she gets a call from her son uh, Archie, and says, uh, "Do you want to read no. it?" No, go ahead. <laughs> she says, uh, "You and Janet need to come down to Community General as quickly as you can." It's Jenny. So Jenny, we we you look back, and that's the woman that was uh, took off her clothes when she smoked her first took first took her first tug of a joint. Yes, it's Jenny. It's the one that Martin didn't want to ruin, but kept her as his own. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. But so yeah, now she has black painted fingernails. Um, Jenny's in her, uh, but uh, Archie says, but Jenny's in her room at school. She called earlier to say she had to study all night and wouldn't be coming out for Sunday dinner. Betty lost her battle to hold back the tears. No, son, she won't be coming home for Sunday dinner. <laughs> so Betty's just uh, taking a little bit of glorious bluntness yeah, exactly. and is dishing it out now. <laughs> Right, man. It, what was painful to read because I think they have a slight discussion of like what's you know what happened, what 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 are we going to do? Like we have to get the diagnosis. We don't know what she took and all that. And as a reader, you're just going X bars. She <laughs> took X bars. Oh God, why can't they see? <laughs> right, you you would know exactly. You know they're they're going to have to wait for toxicology to come back. Yeah, uh, but that might not be enough time. So um. right. Oh, it's painful. <laughs> uh i i just made me laugh when uh when archie got called <laughs> just like, <laughs> as a new character <laughs> and they mentioned his wife's name too they can't even resist too in this most tragic of circumstance archie it's mom you and janet need to come down to <laughs> <laughs> it's pathological oh beautiful it's perfect I'm, yep it's a delight it's an utter I'm delight delighted i'm delighted mm-hmm. Well, I think for next time, we're going to read through uh, chapter 21. That's another uh, third of the book. We'll see how many more characters we get. 
We'll see how many more uh, dead dead uh, children. I mean, come on, college students. But we'll see if it, if it does trickle its way down to the high school or something. I'm going to guess the body count is low. Uh, I'm also going to guess more character names than War and Peace by the end. Okay, yeah. What's your over-under? Oh, I think, I mean, I'm pretty confident in it. I'm going to, you know, what do you want to bet me on it? I'll go, uh, I'll go 2-1 on it. Okay. Um, well, we'll bet $10 then. All right. What, sounds good. Well, what do you? what is your figure? Oh, what is the figure is, um, okay, so I'll have to count it. I didn't figure, I didn't finish the end of counting War and Peace. Oh, okay. Oh, just, just more than the War and Peace is the bet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great. But but here we're at 60. I think War and Peace is, oh, it's probably like 140. All right. Well, I mean, it's on pace then. Yeah. So uh, I think we'll make it, but uh, we'll see. All right. Well, let's finish with some dumb sentences. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. A sentence ends with a period or an exclamation or a question mark. Did people have a field day with this one? Oh, people went nuts. Yeah. And we, <laughs> a lot of options and a lot of um, uh, a lot of repeated ones. So we'll have to get through them pretty quickly, but let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Ben. It was quick work to pull the trays out of it was quick work to pull the trays of snacks and fruit out of the refrigerator and arrange them on the dining room table buffet style and add the drinks. And he said, I hate it when taking food out of the fridge and setting it on the table becomes a long chore. <laughs> uh, Jenny and Elizabeth submitted your uh, your your early on one where it introduces every single person who is attending the wedding. <laughs> um uh, uh, Mike submitted, we put on our winter coats and walked arm in arm down the street and up the sidewalk. He just said, it sounds like they're walking through an MC Escher painting. Um, uh, let's see. Aaron submitted, Brit is our youngest guild member, a little slip of a thing who amazingly has two kids at home and is almost full term with a third. And he just said, if she's a slip of a thing at full term when she's not pregnant, she must basically be two dimensional, <laughs> which would help her uh, walk uh up a street and then down a sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, Amanda and Billy both submitted, I clapped a hand to my forehead in mock disgust. They just wondered, is this what she thinks a face palm indicates? Like, <laughs> in this right. case, the book has caused me to express mock disgust repeatedly. Um, Jen's submitted, this is regarding uh, Jenny in the hospital. It was beating so slowly he couldn't count. She was burning up. Um, so a lot going on there. <laughs> uh, Trevor submitted, uh, thank you, I said, concerned about what came next. Uh, I get what she's trying to say, but the way she frames it makes her sound clairvoyant, which made me hope this was a witch subgenre cozy for two pages. Oh, yeah. yes. That would be a nice twist. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Balaji submitted, a round of applause broke out, and Brittany parentheses who has never been mentioned up to this point shouted hooray <laughs> which was I, I went back and looked that was Brittany's introduction she had not described how she spent her vacation she just stood up and shouted hooray and yes. Balaji said of course she did fucking prep <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Heather submitted she is the owner of Queenie's quilt shop which is the only quilt shop in town um, just good information to meet out uh, mm-hmm. Janelle submitted uh, this is at the, at the bar where Martin is working some were smoking, and it wasn't all cigarette smoke. So they're pretty bold uh, at these uh, Pennsylvania bars. Yay. Uh, Hayden submitted, tears threatened, but I tried to blink them back. 
And he says, to say that they threatened is to imply they did not actually come, but then you said you tried to blink them back, implying that you failed and they did not come. Which is it, lady? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Rachel submitted, it's hard for me to accept that many children will never know the thrill of the cracking a new book, the smell of paper, and ink wafting up. And she just said, this woman apparently saw those boomer comic strips about kids not knowing what books are and took them seriously. A friend recently asked us to lend her any children's books we may have lying around to her two young kids because so many people have been checking kids' books out of the local library during the pandemic that it essentially ran out of them. So rest easy, Miranda. The kids are all right. <laughs> uh, you got anything that we haven't covered? I do. Uh, I'm, you know, I get to break the rules. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not a sentence. These. Oh. Uh, so here's, you like, question mark, yes, period. He commented as he gently ran his finger down her cheek to her neck. <laughs> so I just wrote, like, I will never know what he commented, I guess. <laughs> right, nice. <laughs> wow, yeah. Mis misplaced period there. <laughs> um, well, I got this one, and it was shared by uh, three different listeners, Emma, Tom, H., and Con. All saw it sent in. I smiled, thinking that could be applied to more than simply meatloaf. <laughs> wow! It does it. Miss that? Yeah, it's got some good like robot pimp potential. Or uh, all yeah, wow. Uh, Read it one more time. Well, she says absolutely. Period. I smiled, thinking that could be applied to much more than simply meatloaf. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So hopefully that, that comes up during a a Jeopardy session. Maybe that is a beautiful standalone sentence. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, uh, all right. Yeah. yeah great dumb sentences. Is. Great fanfic. We got some good emails, but we'll have to do a mailbag because we are out of time. Yeah. Uh, as you can tell, we're delighted by this. <laughs> this is a, a, a lot of fun. <laughs> I can't wait to meet more people. Hopefully, hopefully some of them die. Uh, yeah. Who's going to be the... I mean, who of the quilters is going to be the hero? I can't wait till... Like the quilting army with Queenie at the head, kind of like a, a Lord of the Rings thing, leading the charge against <laughs> yeah. the army of pushers. That's going to be great. Tap in her knitting needles. Uh, uh, yeah. Brittany, like, you know, turning to the side so they can't see her. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. Thanks, everyone. Uh, thanks, Patreon people. Absolutely. Uh, look for all the, uh, the extra stuff that's going to be meted out there. It has been and will be more. So we thank you for that. Thank you for your support. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for listening, everybody else. So long. Bye.